Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hi, this is Lola Star, and I took a left at the valley. Fantastic. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith in unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an Coming at you from amazing Canada, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and there are two interesting facts about me. One, my penis isn't as long as a foot long at Subway. And two, I'm no longer welcome at Subway. <laughs> Joining me as usual is the team wondering if mashed potatoes are just Irish guacamole. Yes, yes they are, and they are delicious. She ran three miles and finally said, fine officer, keep your gun, Nancy. <laughs> I know, but it was what happened after that that's really interesting. <laughs> she wasn't that drunk when she threw a mushroom at a midget and said, Grow, Mario, grow! <laughs> <laughs> I was really drunk, okay, guys? <laughs> and she wonders if vegans are allowed to have oral sex. <laughs> Ask it for a friend. That's a really good question. <laughs> guys, welcome back. <laughs> Hope you had a great week. It's a good thing we've got a big show where we can yeah. overcome the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> people, people will forget about the beginning. It's such a long, good show. Also, when they tell you not to make a drinking game out of the presidential debates, you should listen to them. You probably should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have a hangover. <laughs> oh, I did. And we got a special guest on the show. Welcome back, our old friend, Ahmed. Hey, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks it, for having me. It feels so great to have you here, man. That's you have no idea. It's always so, good to see you. <laughs> you yeah. say that now, but... <laughs> no, you're, you should be our guest. You should come as our guest more often. I should. Yes. I really you should. should. Be, I would, yeah. You I, should be part of the crew, actually. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Give me an offer. <laughs> <laughs> are you getting paid? <laughs> no? You know, all the coffee you want. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm in. <laughs> So today we're doing a, our Canada Day special because it is, you know... Canada Day coming up. July 1st, right? So Ooh. we're going in just before. Uh, but first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. Okay, so uh, did you guys hear that uh, Canada, speaking of Canada, uh, they passed a new law banning the import-export of shark fin? Yeah! Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, I was surprised that wasn't already yeah. <laughs> banned. Apparently, well, it's been hailed as a big environmental win. Apparently, we are the first country in the G20 to do so. Which is disgusting, the yeah. fact that we are the first and it's 2019. For people that don't know, shark fin is usually used in traditional uh, uh, Chinese cuisine, especially for shark mm-hmm. fin soup, which is a very popular dish served at weddings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, shark population. There's been several documentaries uh, about this uh, it's a really a cruel practice because what they do is they, they fish a shark and they cut off the fin and just throw the shark back in the water. And of course, the damn thing can't swim without the fins and it just sinks and essentially yeah. drowns at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a cruel thing. Um, Canada apparently is the largest importer of shark fin outside of Asia. 
Really? Yeah. Well, probably because we have a large Asian population. Yes. Yeah, so does the U.S. So it's but we are way yeah. more accepting of their cultural yeah, practices. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, last year, there was 148,241 kilograms of shark fin imported wow. into Canada. Damn. Uh, which is worth about $3.2 million. Hmm. So that's very interesting and very rewarding for us to do that. I'm happy we stopped. Yes. Perfect. For the first time in history also, the Canadian government has officially adv- uh, uh, announced that they, uh, they, they've banned a right-wing extremist group and they've labeled them as terrorists. And this is the first time in our history we've ever done this. Two groups in particular, mm-hmm. there's a group called Blood and Honor and Combat 18 are now considered illegal groups. And they're, uh, they're right-wing time. extremist mm-hmm. groups, yes. Yeah. Uh, they've also added to that three uh, 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 Sharia militant groups called Al-Ashtar and, oh boy, I'm going to massacre this. Harakat al Sabidin, Sabirin, Sabidin. Harakat al Sabirin. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> and You're now one. an official member of the crew. <laughs> and you, can pronou- you can pronounce things. <laughs> we need that. <laughs> yes, we, we don't need that. And another one I call, I believe it's called Fate Miyun. Uh, who? Fate Miyun. Al Fate Miyun? Okay. I'll take I've your word. Of, yeah. Never heard of them. Uh, but there's no Sounds all, like no. A, there's no all. Sh- okay. So just from the name, seems like it would be a Shia. A Shia's it, group. It's, not a it's just group. spelled fate and M I Y O U N. Fatimi Yun. Fatimi Yun. Yeah. So I'm not familiar with them. That's probably a Shia group. So they were all. They That's were interesting. All uh, majority of the terrorist groups are Sunni groups. And from the name, this sounds like a Shia group. That would be interesting to have a Shia group designated as a terrorist group. Hmm. I, I want to. I'm going to Google them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canada also defines extremism as any act of violence driven by hate or fear, in case you were wondering about the definition, because mm. it seems to vary from country to country. That's a very simple definition. You'd think it, they'd have to go through you know, pretzel moves mm. to try and I- include or exclude, but that's really... Say it one more time. It's so simple. It's yeah, cool. it defines extremism as an act of violence driven by hate or fear. Which, yeah. of course, at the same time has huge repercussions. It seems yeah. too broad. Yeah. Yeah, but at the, at the same time, it has a repercussion on our freedom of speech, as defined by Canada. Yeah. You know, inciting hate and, you know, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. we'd have to ask a lawyer for that. No, but a, a guy could kill his wife because he hates her. That's an act of violence based on hate. hate. <laughs> and fear. <laughs> it's called murder. It is, is kind a of terrorist? extreme. Yeah. <laughs> I've met his wife, and trust me, it was scary. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and last, but certainly not least, you guys hear about this Alabama woman. Yes. <laughs> Alabama. Uh. And she was five months pregnant, and she had an argument with another woman outside the dollar store. This is why I tell you dollar stores are dangerous. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she ended up being shot, and she lost her fetus, the, 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 the child, the baby. And the woman was shot, was then charged with manslaughter, and she was held on a $50,000 bond, and the charge were later dismissed. And then the Lieutenant Danny Reed from the police force says the only true victim in this was the unborn baby. And the grand jury is considering charges for the mother as well. And uh, apparently, for last I heard, she was also charged as well. And I was listening this morning, and two lawyers were on, and I'm hoping I get this semi, <laughs> semi-accurate, semi as close to the truth as I, as I can remember, there's some arcane law in Alabama that says if a pregnant woman endangers her uh, unborn baby in any way, she's going to be held responsible. Mm-hmm. And because the mother, whose name I forget, the mother initiated the fight, 
Using mm-hmm. that Am- Alabama law, that's how they can charge her. But the two lawyers who were discussing this on CNN this morning said that they think that that law is not constitutional and it's not going to fly because they could put the mother in jail for up to 20 years wow. for that. But this mm-hmm. is an Alabama thing, and I guess it's not in every state. So there's going to be, I would imagine at this point, um, some pushback mm-hmm. or you know some... Uh, um, or, or how would this even, to prevent that from going? How through. would this react if it was like Florida with that stand your ground law, right? <laughs> what's that? What's yeah. that law? What's that Florida's law? The stand your stand yeah. your ground. What is that? Is, is if oh. you're feeling intimidated or somebody's well, it works especially if you're I guess a, if you're black or brown or anything like that, right? If you're let's say for example I'm a white guy and you're coming at me and I think you're intimidating, I have the right to shoot you in self defense. Stand your ground. Wow. But yeah, you can do it for, with white guys. The thing is, if you feel as though your life is in imminent danger, mm-hmm. if you think that... You get a bag of Skittles or something like that, right? Exactly. <laughs> and it was the NRA that pushed that law through oh, as did. many states as possible. <laughs> I think 12 or 13 states now now have that. Yeah. So it's just a matter of giving you the right to shoot anybody you damn please whenever you want to because mm-hmm. you think that your life is in danger. Yeah. And if you go to states like Louisiana, for example, they have the right to shoot. If you're on their property, even if you're not a threat, yeah. you're just on their property, they have the right to shoot you. Yeah, I heard about this. So you have to be dedicated to be a Jehovah's Witness down there. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but for that Alabama woman, like... Even if she uh, initiated the fight, how would that be considered endangering the child? She, uh, Unless you are supposed to expect that when you initiate a, a verbal fight with somebody in Alabama, you're going to get shot. So how how well, is, is she endangering how is she endangering as, as the child the law, by just going into concerned. a verbal fight with somebody? As far as the law is concerned, you know, as soon as you're pregnant, you should be, I guess, just a baby incubator. And if, <laughs> if and if you get into a verbal argument in any way, shape, or form, you have the possibility of the fight escalating to the point you're endangering not just your life, but the life of the child or the. It's not normal that a verbal fight would no. turn into right. a fist fight or even worse. It's a, a dollar a store, man. Shot. It's at the dollar store. I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> yeah, those are so they can throw chips bags at each other. So, like that, that's the, should be the maximum you can expect out of that. <laughs> yeah, the, the over the overarching and simple explanation is. It's Alabama. Yeah. Everything that follows, you know, from that, it doesn't have to be logical. It's good if it has some religious component to it. And at some time, somebody got that law through that got some money in their pocket because that's the most corrupt state going. So there's no logic to it, and it'll probably be overturned. But for now... Just think, it's Alabama. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's pretty ugly. Yeah, yeah. It's like Florida plus religion in a bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, <laughs> moving on, my dear Nancy. You got a top ten for us? I do. All right. A, a special one for uh, for Canada Day. The, the nice thing about traveling in Canada is generally you can pull off the road anywhere, take a look, fall in love with where you are, and want to move up here. That's just the way it goes. Every every province in in the country has something that's that's wonderful and scenic. And generally, we've covered those in terms of visiting. But today, let's do a little bit different because it's Canada Day and people love to camp out. So how about we do 10 places where it would be great for you to camp out. And some of these are are not well known. 
uh, to people outside Canada, and some are. So we'll just take, I'm not even taking them in an order of uh, one through 10, I, whatever okay. appeals to you, that's number one on your list. So the first place, and it's here in British Columbia, and maybe somebody in our room here in our group knows it, Berg, Berg Lake Campground in Mount uh, Robson Provincial Park in British Columbia. Nope, doesn't ring a bell. No, that's a new one to us. It's located across from the highest mountain in the Rockies, Mount Robson, and people set up camp and just soak in the views of alpine meadows and glaciers and uh, activities are caving, climbing, hiking, canoeing, fishing, and horseback riding, so it sounds really good. Um, they have bear-proof storage lockers. Good to know. Toilets and wash basins. So, mm-hmm. campers, um, there's a number of areas that fisher that feature hazardous terrain and are recommended for experienced hikers and campers. So, those of you who are experienced, maybe you'd want to try that out. Good place, sounds okay. like. Number two, Cypress Lake Campground in Bruce Peninsula National Park in Ontario. Well, that's a second wonder that nobody's heard of mm-hmm. up here. That's great. It's a, Let's face it, most of us are pretty ignorant of national parks, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not campers, but there are campers that are going to be writing this down and, and come on up and enjoy them. That's, that's a thing with a tent, right? Yeah, this is this is part of the Niagara Escarpment. Mm. And believe it or not, it's one of the largest protected areas in southern Ontario. Hiking, swimming, bird watching. They've got picnic areas, water taps, cold water sinks, basic washroom facilities. So it's pretty civilized. You know, nice. you can get out and, and enjoy, but you can also come back and, mm-hmm. you know, have, have hot water showers and, and things like that. Number three, beaver Glen Campground in Prince Albert National Park, Saskatchewan. Hmm. Yeah, another one mm-hmm. we're going to discover. Probably very flat. That, yeah, that's in central Saskatchewan, it, but it's a gorgeous park filled with lakeside views, untouched backcountry, um, and if you don't really want to do a tent thing, you can rent uh, these little things called otentics, which mm-hmm. are structures O-tentics? that look like, they look like <laughs> yeah, they look like an A-frame cabin in a regular tent. Sounds like authentic, are, but authentic. Yeah. yeah, that's probably that's how they came up with the name. It's authentic camping. Yeah. Yeah. And they advertise flush toilets, and sometimes that's number one on your list for people who camp. Mm-hmm. And believe me, having spent eight years being a full-time RVer, when you look at flush toilets as an amenity, that immediately oh, yeah. you know soars yeah. to the top of the list. Um, you know, Saskatchewan, a little, fact, a little known fact for American friends, Saskatchewan is so flat because it's directly on the plains. If you stare long enough into the distance, you can see the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't even list that as a feature. I'm I know, have, you think, I'm right? going to have to write them and say, hey, guys, you've overlooked something important. <laughs> Number four, Acre, I think it's Acre, A-C-H-R-A-Y, Acre Campground in Algonquin Provincial Park oh, in okay. Ontario. Yep. Oh, you're nodding your head. You know that one? Well, I, I wouldn't know that particular camp, but, you know, I know the area a bit. Okay, it's between Georgian Bay and the Ottawa River in central Ontario. Yeah. Okay, so supposedly it's a perfect spot. You can spend your whole summer there if you really like it. It's open from the last Friday in April, so it's open to Canadian Thanksgiving, which is somewhere around October the 12th, mm-hmm. and it has 45 campsites. So it's not really big, but it's a nice size. Fishing, canoeing, backpacking, and swimming. Perfect summer activities. Flush toilets. Mm-hmm. Remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Two Jack Lakeside Campground in Banff, 
Oh, okay. Who doesn't want to go? No, we to know Banff. Banff. I'd like yeah, to Banff is the oldest national park in Canada. Um, people do come and spend their whole summers there. It's gorgeous lakes, traditional campsites, bungalows for rent, boating, biking, geocaching, whatever that is. Geocaching, yeah. Yeah, and fishing and hiking. You know, they're starting to have an actual problem with Banff. Uh, the, the the wildlife is starting to get really smart. <laughs> because the, the the elks and the deer and all that are realizing that when they, they come into town, the wolves don't follow because the wolves uh-huh. are afraid of the oh, humans. Okay. So they come to town to get to stay away from the wolves. But once they're in town, they're starting to realize, oh, you know what? These humans aren't that tough. You can just push them around a bit. So yeah. it's actually becoming a bit of a problem. I would imagine, yeah. Bam- you, got, you got a big elk coming at you saying, you know, this is my spot. Move out of the way there, you ape. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Move. Yeah, Banff is a great place, but I understand that the crowds are just getting to mm-hmm. the point that mm-hmm. it's really, really unmanageable. Popular. So, you know, Banff is great. You know, might want to go take a look and then try some of these other campgrounds, you know, um, that aren't as, aren't as crowded. So here's one. That maybe no one ever heard of, but it sounds nice. Trout River Campground in Gross Morne National Park, Newfoundland. Yeah. Anybody been to Newfoundland? It's, you know, nope. I had yeah. to have a fish name, obviously. It's Newfoundland. Yeah, that's a province that's on my, on my list. Um, this is a World Heritage Site on the West Coast, the second largest national park in Atlantic Canada. Who knew? Mm. So this is like cliffs and fjords and coastal villages, kayaking, cycling, swimming, hiking, and boat tours. And they have cabins for rent with flush toilets. So that's the sounding <laughs> Another plus. Off. Yeah, there we go. Um, number seven, you're going to help me, Kevin. La Bluvette, B-L-E-U-V-E-T. La Bluvette? So spell it again? L, okay, Le, B-L-E-U-V-E-T. Bluvet. Bluvet, yeah. Bluvet, okay. And this is um, Sangway Fjord Park in Quebec. Yeah, Sangway. Do you yeah. know where you know where this is? Yeah, so it's it's north of Chicoutimi. Yeah. Oh, it's at the, the where the Saint Lawrence River and the the Saguenay River. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, that's together. right. That's right. Yeah. Have you ever been in that area? Uh, no, I know the region. I haven't been in that area. Oh, oh God, in passing. It's it's a nice little river. Actually, It has a nice crater lake at the end of it. That actually dumps into the uh, the, the St. Lawrence River. It's really nice. Well, they've got 50 campsites. They can accommodate tents, recreational vehicles, and there's hiking trails, observation deck. Uh, they're beluga mm, that are yes, there. You yes. can watch them. And for for the gentlemen out there, if you're going to visit a camp, by the way, ratio women to guys, oh, almost three to one. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually true. Yes. Sailing, hiking, swimming, kayaking. And That's fishing. how I know the region, right? We're going, yeah. Okay, here's another one in, in BC. The main campground in Alice Lake Provincial Park. Anybody know where... Alice, Alice Lake? Lake? Alice Lake. No. It's just north of Squamish. Oh, okay, really? It's not yeah, far. Yeah, so it's it's between Squamish and, and Whistler. Oh, uh, really? It's yeah. really not far. A, a friend yeah. of mine was just it, mentioning this one to me. Oh, really? Yeah, a few years back he went there. He oh, was cool. recommending it to me. Nice. Yeah, road trip. Hmm? Yeah, road trip. Yeah, lots of uh, scenic trails, and then you can take in Squamish and Whistler and the Sea to Sky Highway. It's gorgeous. I, I love Squamish. It's like it's like a less expensive Whistler. It's awesome. Yeah, I love Squamish. My cousin used to live there. Yeah. Yeah, we are really... Because you, you go to Whistler, it's like, my God, you better have some money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we are the best province in terms of scenic wonders and nature oh, yeah. and things well, like yeah, that. No, yeah, it's hard but to that be whole busy. stretch between Vancouver and Whistler, you could spend the whole summer, you know, just ex- going to I usually areas. tell that to my, my American friends that like, come up to Vancouver. Hey, Vancouver is nice, don't get me wrong, it's a, but it's a big city, right? If you really want something that'll stretch your imagination, you just 
the ski, to see the sky, go to Whistler, you know, climb the mountain, get on top there. Yeah, it's really absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's great. And for us, we're so lucky because it's two hour two hours, and we're we're mm-hmm. there a little over two hours. One of the things about Alice Lake that my friend was telling me about that the water there is not that uh, it's not a glacier. Okay. It's, it's not that cold. Oh, nice. it. It's really nice to swim in. Yeah. And uh, I thought, like, when he told me, like, it's north of Squamish, well, it's going to be freezing cold. He said, no, it was actually nice water. Yeah. It, it, nice it, it actually gets surprising because right up now, far from here, is also Harrison Hot Springs, obviously, yep. which is extremely popular. But that is glacier fed. You get into that water, that is cold water. It's like, holy oh, mate. The, even the Harrison the, Lake? Yeah, oh, Harrison it's freezing. Lake. It's oh, yeah, freezing. It's absolutely freezing. Yes. Even in the scorching summer there, you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to take it in. It's like, woo, well, that yeah. water is cold. We're yeah. Canadians, yeah. we can handle it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's nice. And then you can be in Squamish and take the, uh, what do you call those? Not the cable cars, but... The uh, the trolleys or the, uh, the, the gondolas. Uh, yeah. 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 So... Yeah. On top of the mountain, yeah. Let's let's stop the show now. We'll go and we'll come <laughs> and we'll come back with a, a review pause. next week. <laughs> it's you know, here we are. It's a beautiful day. And Sounds like a plan. Yeah, we're ready to go. <laughs> okay, number nine is the equestrian campground in Cypress Hills Interprovisional Park again in Saskatchewan. Mm. Yeah, it's supposed to be very nice. It's supposed to be a park that spans the Saskatchewan and Alberta border and mm. it can accommodate campers who want to travel with their horses. So those of you that you know, want to combine, you know, your hiking with horseback riding and you you want to take your horses out for a great experience, Go there. That sounds really, really good. Hiking, golfing, swimming, horseback riding. They got playgrounds, picnic areas, showers, outhouses, drinking water, and barbecues. Mm. I don't know. It sounds like we should take a road trip there too. Little known fact is that when, when we have a lot of European tourists that come to Canada, and when the one of the things they love to do is drive the prairies, because uh, you can be by yourself on that little highway for miles without seeing another car. Yep. And in Europe, it's a rare thing. It's extremely rare to yeah. have to bump into people. Well, in, in Europe, Europe, you take a hop, skip, and a jump, and you're in a different country. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. So the Europeans really loved the idea, I'm just driving on this flat piece of land, and I can't see a car as far as the eye can see. And they love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, number 10, Corny Brook Campground in Cape Breton Highlands National Park, Nova Scotia. Got to get all of our, our provinces in. Yeah. yeah, that's supposed to be, uh, well, it is located uh, northern Camp Breton and it feels, mm, Cape, Breton. Cape Breton Island, and features ocean and mountain views, hiking right along the coastline, uh, the Cabot Trail that takes full advantage of going through the park, and lots of moose and bald eagles. Nice. So that mm. sounds good. Well, those are the top ten. And then honorable mention was Cavendish Campground in Prince Edward Island, uh, Tulabi Falls in, um, in Manitoba, uh, Lecaster Campground in uh, Point Talion mm-hmm. National Park in Quebec. Nice. And let me see, we got two more. Chignetto Campground in Fundy National Park, New Brunswick. Just got to be a Fundy, of course. Yeah, yeah. and Talus Lake Background uh, Country Campground in Tombstone Territorial Park, Yukon. So there's a Tombstone Territorial Park in Yukon. Really, there is. The, hmm. the, the thing is, if you go online and and you want to uh, plug uh, type in best campgrounds in Canada, mm-hmm. there are about 13 websites, all of which have different or some overlapping. There is no end to beautiful places. So just put in campgrounds in Canada mm-hmm. and take your pick and come on up and enjoy the summer. Cool. All right. Bet. 
Okay, well, thank you so much, Nancy. All right, moving on to Canada Special. Now, I have a treat for you guys. Years ago, I met this uh, tall, charismatic gentleman named Paul Manley. He was a uh, documentary filmmaker, and I helped him with uh, some of his uh, fascinating movies that he was doing on economic measures and stuff like that. Um... We became friends, and I saw him get involved in politics, and then he joined the Green Party. And to my wonderful surprise, and I was very, really, really happy to see that happen, he actually was just elected as a member of parliament for the... Uh, for Lady Smith and the Nymo, uh, uh, right here in BC on the island. Um, so I was really, really looking forward to actually be able to talk. So for the first time uh, in our podcast's history, we actually have a genuine politician from Ottawa uh, right here on the show with us. So without any further ado, all right, well, our next guest is the uh, Green MP that was elected for Lady Smith and the Nymo. He's a fantastic guy. He's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. Paul Manley, thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley. <laughs> I've never been introduced that way before, um, but that's that's fine. I'm a, a snappy dresser and a fancy dancer. Well, um, yeah, could, so you could totally be that how in Parliament. Doing, Kevin? I'm doing great. Paul, you, you, I have to tell you, on a personal basis, man, you and I, we've known each other for a little while. Uh, uh, we, you and I met when I was trying to show uh, one of your documentaries from the past. That was You, Me, and the SPP, which I still have here in my collection. Uh, you, yep. uh, you have no idea how happy I was when I saw that you had been elected uh, and I was following you on Facebook and I was sharing your posts, even though I'm not a, one of your constituents, but I was still trying to spread the word. <laughs> and I was so happy when you got in uh, because I know you as a man of honor. I know you as a man of integrity. And it, it was it was such a relief because, you know, when you delve into politics a lot, you have a tendency to become a bit cynical and think, oh, these politicians, you know, you, 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 you hear it all the time. They're all paid off, blah, 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 blah. And I said, no, I know, I know Paul. I know he's a good man. And it was so great to see you there. So I, I got to say, you know, from the bottom of my heart, man, congratulations. I'm so, so happy for you. Well, thanks so much. I mean, people ask me about why, you know, I, I, I get that a lot about the cynicism of, of politics and people saying, like, you know, why do you bother and why why get involved in this uh, rigged game and it's corrupt and yada, yada, yada. Uh-huh. And and my response to that is that we we need to work from every angle that we can mm-hmm. um, to, to make the world a better place and to, you know, kind of leave the, the world... In, in a state that we want our children and grandchildren to inherit. And, you know, if you're, if you're awake to the environmental crisis, to the, to the social justice crisis, to um, the inequality that we, we have in the world, to the, you know, you're aware of, of, you know, the war and the famine Mm -hmm. and the poverty and all of these things can be super overwhelming. And you see politics and wonder like, how, how do people fix in that arena when it seems like, you know, you get that, that line about politicians being in it for themselves, yada, yada. Uh, but you can't abandon that, that playing field. We need to work. We need to work at every level to do what we can to make the world a better place and to, to strive for social justice and actually to like deal with this environmental crisis. You know, the, collapse the species collapse the biodiversity collapse the climate crisis and things like that and so i have hopped into the political arena because of that i've been making films for years documentaries and Mm -hmm. educational films and doing lots of grass works 
grass work, grassroots work in my community. Yes. And but politics is important. Yes. And actually, you know, getting into the House of Commons, I do see a lot of people that are that are there for the right reasons. And I think um, people get get caught. Some people get really caught up in the partisan part of politics. That's mm-hmm. not something that I really subscribe to. I'm not a I'm not a hyper partisan person. Mm-hmm. I just I want to get in there and and do what's best for my community and and constituents and for the country. And I can't I, and I can't think of a better man to do the job because, like I said, I've no we've known each other for a while, and you know I, I you know when I think of a man of integrity and honor, you know you're de- you're definitely up there. So so now that you're uh, the second Green MP for the country, uh, and this year is an election year federally, do you think this the idea of having the Greens has an idea that whose time has come? Um, I think so. I think people are are tired of the politics as usual and and um, the sniping and the backbiting and really want to see action on a lot of different things. And and people are starting to hear the message. People are starting to understand that the Green Party is not just about the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a policy book that's 136 pages that covers pretty much any issue you can think of. But the environment of is central to our lives, yes. right? So we can't have good health care uh, at an affordable price uh, if the environment that we live in is poisoned yes. and toxic. You know, that's that costs us in the healthcare system. We can't have uh, an economy that is robust and regenerative, regenerative and, and sustainable if we're trashing the environment on which we depend for you know, for our lives. So the environment plays into into every aspect of our lives and um a lot of times humans are feel disconnected from it because we live in urban areas and and uh we're surrounded by towers and cars and roads and we don't necessarily feel or see the direct impacts of um of the changing climate or the changing environment until we're struck by disaster. No, I think but, I think um, I think you get a great point because I, I think people really see. You're right. We live in what feels like an artificial environment, and when people hear global warming, oh, it's going to warm up by two degrees. It doesn't sound like a big deal, and 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 people. The, I, I don't know. I, I do, you, and people also a lot of them, you know, their dependency to believe on something kind of depends on the fact that they're not being paid to not believe it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like yeah. When your salary depends on you not being an environmentalist, it's kind of hard for you to be an environmentalist. But I think I think I think you and I would agree that the the, the status of the planet as a whole is deteriorating alarmingly fast now, and it seems it's becoming yeah. more and more of a problem. So I, I, I'm hoping that you and uh, Miss Elizabeth May, which is fantastic, by the way. I remember giving her a hug when she came by. She was so so great. Uh, I, I hope you guys can inspire more people to come out and actually fight and become part of the Green uh, Party. You guys think you get a good shot? Um, I think so. You know, elections are weird, are weird things. They're, they're won and lost on um, strange things. And I think because for the most part, the, um, the electorate, doesn't have a lot of time focus on uh, nuances of party policies and things like that. Mm-hmm. And some sometimes mistakes can mistakes can swing an election in a crazy way in the last few days. And see, so you just never know what's going to happen. But I think that more and more, what I I see is people who are who are inspired to 
to make change and to work for that change. And so, you know, pushing pushing um, all the parties to think more clearly about the crisis we face is part of what I'm about. And when I got elected, that's that's what happened. I did so many interviews in the first day that I was, you know, after the by-election, I did so many interviews that night, but it really kind of, it changed the conversation. The next morning, Justin Trudeau was talking about Nanaimo Ladysmith and the fact that people are concerned about climate change. Yes. Right? And the, within within a week, both the uh, NDP and the Liberals had put forward uh, climate emergency uh, motions, and it became a, an act of debate in Parliament. Um, but we need to do more than talk about it. We need to actually take action, and, and and those bold actions that we need to take, they're they're scary for people, yes. right? But but I think people need to to get beyond that fear. And what we did in our campaign. We, we talked about a lot of the positive things that are happening and we were showing a very clear path to how we can transform our economy mm-hmm. from a fossil fuel-based economy to a clean, green energy economy. And so on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that, we're constantly posting what other people are doing um, here and abroad. Like, you know, suppose like about Harbor Air, which is a local company, 50 seaplanes, they have... They have converted one of their de Havilland planes to electric. Um, they've been flying in around for a while. They're getting it all certified. They're going to change their whole seaplane fleet to electric planes. So there's zero emission mm-hmm. uh, planes flying around here. And, you know, we were posting stuff like Caterpillar's got a, a battery-operated excavator. And people were like, how would that work? You know, well, it won't work if you're out building pipelines across the, the continent. But, it, you know, you'll still need a diesel-generated caterpillar. Uh, caterpillar excavator for that, but we won't need to build build pipelines if if we change our energy model. So most places where you, you need an excavator, you're you're near the grid. Mm-hmm. So you park it for the night and you plug it in, and uh, just you know like people re- using regenerative generative uh, agriculture techniques and and uh, sequestering carbon by the way that they grow food instead of the big agricultural model which is uh, carbon intensive and you know so many examples of uh, people who are doing small things in their lives like you know eating less meat eating less animal products biking walking changing the way they work changing the their lifestyles and um in ways that that aren't scary, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, people need to change their habits. Government needs to change the way it does business, and business needs to w- change the way it does business. And there's a place for government in regulating how business is done in this country and how how people behave in this country, because not everybody's going to uh, do the right thing for the right reason. Uh, and sometimes you need to have disincentives through pricing of of um, you know, pollutants, and sometimes you need to have incentives, you know, so that you drive consumer behavior a certain way, and and that's like, you know, perfect example of why you have carbon taxes, and then you have incentives on buying electric cars, mm-hmm. or, you know, upgrading your, your uh, home heating, and insulating your home better, and having incentive programs to make sure people do those kind of things, or and do them in a way that they feel joyful about, right? So, yeah, I, I, I often compare that to you know it's a bit like a, you know, somebody wants to try to lose some weight, and a diet doesn't work. 
But it looks like it works, but it doesn't work. And that's what the, the other parties have been proposing. It's only when you have a change of lifestyle that you actually start working out all the time and not just you know for a month or so. That's when the, the, the results actually come in. And I think this is what the Green Party represents. And I think what this is what the, the, the electorate is actually starting to see. They're tired of this dance between the conservatives and the liberals. They're really tired of it because it's led us nowhere. Nowhere fast. And I, th- I think you guys are in that prime position now to actually start to make an impact. I think people are starting to stop looking down south to the States. We've always done that in English Canada. And they're starting to look to Europe, and they're seeing the Greens are powerful in Europe in many places. Why not here, right? Yeah. And, and, and you know, where the, Euro- where the Europeans have had, um, and, uh, you know, I'm not thinking about Italy or Israel for proportional representation, but where European countries have that have proportional rep- representation systems and they've had small contingents of greens they uh, they have pushed the envelope you know whether it's recycling or uh, clean energy or other environmental aspects or taking taking care of people in a better way improving health health systems so that you're actually um you know improving people's health outcomes rather than waiting until they're in emergency situations uh so you know preventative health and and maintain you know maintaining your body and those kind of things like those are really important for saving money in the long term and it's it's those small green parties who have kind of pushed that agenda as being part of coalition governments Mm -hmm. and and uh they've had a lot of success in europe and now they're they're really going mainstream and i think you know people in in uh, other parts of the world are seeing that and, and seeing you know this it's a global green movement towards changing the way changing the way we live and changing the way we interact with the environment on which we depend mm-hmm. for our survival yeah so paul now you've now that you've uh, been in ottawa for a couple of weeks uh when you look at the the overall landscape the political landscape of canada are you very positive about the future of what we can achieve as a people? Are you are you seeing that people are still stuck in the uh, the old ways, as they used to say? Well, I'm I'm, I'm a little bit uh, worried about some of the debate that we hear with um, you know governments in Alberta and Ontario. Mm-hmm. But I think that what what um, you know people in those places too are waking up to the fact that that uh, it can't just be. Uh, business as usual, and we can't just keep on going down this road. And and to uh, I worry when I hear that people are that people are concerned about climate change, but they're not willing to spend more than a hundred dollars yeah. a year to do something about it. And like, really, like, um, that's not even a coffee a day. You yeah, know, come yeah, on, exactly. um, let's let's get serious and and think about. You know, people have no qualms at all about spending a hundred dollars on some plastic junky toys that are going to end up in the landfill, yeah. uh, buying their children or grandchildren those kind of things. So you're not willing to spend that kind of money to to actually make ensuring that they have a future that's not, um, you know, uh, uh, a climate disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, seriously, like people, let's get with the program and think. Think about things in a different way. If you're thinking about, you know, paying a carbon tax, you're you're actually you're you're paying a dividend towards your your children's future if that tax is used properly. I mean, that's the problem with that, with uh, 
um, the carbon tax in British Columbia should have been used rather than just giving tax breaks to the rich. Yes. Uh, you know, income tax breaks. It should have been used for infrastructure to deal with climate change. So it should have been like, you know, greening our transit systems, improving our transit systems, um, you know, uh, incentives for people to make their homes more energy efficient, incentives for people to get off of fossil fuel, internal bus combustion engines, uh, that's what that carbon tax should have been used for. And, um, you know, having a dividend that goes to people that, and that dividend being tied to climate mitigation, yeah. right? And then you actually, then you're making that, that tax work as an incentive to help people and um, help people make that transition. Um, because it's hard to educate everybody all the time about everything because people are busy. People are struggling. We live in a world where there is so much um, uh, inequality. Yeah. You know, people people in my community have, have three part-time jobs working minimum wage to survive, to pay rents that keep on increasing. And, like, I can't expect them. I can't expect them to be, like, aware of all of the issues and, and concern about climate change and and doing the right thing like they they're trying to survive yeah, yeah they're doing the right thing by you know putting food on the table and and working and so that's where governments come in to like you know help help to help to make the transition for for people and industry and i love to see companies like harbor air doing what they're doing electrifying their whole seaplane fleet and not doing it for a dime of subsidy mm. like but we do need to have incentives for for other companies to do that. That's a company that's doing it because they're motivated to do the right thing. Not every company is motivated to do the right thing. They're motivated by profit. And so, how do you how do you uh, incentivize them? Well, you dangle, you know, the carrot. And you use the stick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so maybe the fact that you know maybe the if we didn't live in a corporate world. And corporations having the only uh, obligation is to make more money. You know, if it wasn't a corporation, maybe they'd be more open to accepting the change. Hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's, that's that's the model of a publicly traded corporation where they're they're stuck with that model of having to increase uh, you know wealth for shareholders. Privately owned corporations can make decisions. Um, about their bottom line without having to worry about their shareholders because their shareholders are the, you know, the owners and operators and they can, you know, they're, they're in a better position, Thank frankly, you. to make those decisions. Uh, it doesn't mean that they all do. Yeah. But, Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much, Paul. I really, really appreciate that. I know you're fighting a good fight and, you know, you got my support and, you know, <laughs> I'm not a good situation, but nonetheless, I'm cheering for you, my man. And, uh, you right know, Go fight the good fight, and uh, is there anything we can do or anything you want to say to, to the public about uh, the, the Greens or getting involved? By all means, go for it, man. You, anything you'd like to say to them? Uh, yeah, people people uh, hop in and get involved in election campaigns. I think with our campaign in Nanaimo, like, we're going to do this for the second time this year, which is kind of hard because it means fundraising all over again, but... Uh, and gearing up all the volunteers. But what we've done with our campaign is run a really positive campaign, a really community-driven uh, campaign. And people, we are like a community of friends mm. uh, and family that that uh, go out and are, are fighting the good fight and doing it in a way that is enjoyable and fun. And so, um, and 
in a non-toxic way too. I, I think like the attack politics and and the dirty politics. When you don't engage in that kind of stuff, you feel much better about it at the end of the day. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, Paul, before I let you go, i got to have you say, Hi, this is Paul Manley of Lady Spin the Nymo, and I took a left in the valley. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I took a left in the valley? Is that what you want to say? That's right. You took a left in the valley. Uh, okay. So this is Paul Manley, and member of Parliament for Nanaimo Ladysmith, and I took a left in the valley. Well, that was the Green Member of Parliament for Ladysmith, Nanaimo. Thank you so much, Paul Manley. A first on our show that you have a genuine politician from Ottawa. Well, continuing on our Canada Day special, we might as well ask our American friends what they think of us. So we thought we'd reach out to Brent and Nikki of Unapologetics. All right, well, joining us online are our friend Brent and Nikki, and they're actually wearing pants, I'm, I'm told. So, <laughs> from Unapologetics, yeah. guys, welcome back to Left in the Valley. <laughs> Hello! Hi. It's great to have you guys back, and you guys are hailing all the way from America's Wang, also known as Florida. <laughs> Yes, the most masculine part. Yes. The most of masculine America. part. Yes. This as much as America. as much as Canada is like America's hat, Florida is like America's wang. Uh, yes. Little known fact. You know, there's nothing like really making our our guests hate us within the first thirty seconds. <laughs> and now you expect him to say something nice about Canada. Lots of no, luck, Kev. I, I I didn't expect him to say something nice about Canada, oh. but the reason I call on it's Brenton. It's a good Nikki, thing then. Yes, it is a good thing. The first, the reason I call on Brenton. Nikki's because they're about as far removed on in North America as they are from. We don't have any Mexican contacts, so uh, in the U.S. from Canada. But I want to have their impression, their dealings with Canadians, how they feel about Canada, what they know, what they don't know, the myth, the questions, whatever. So we're just going to turn the mic on to you guys. Guys, how do you feel about those damn Canucks? It's like the man, the legend, the myth. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of those things. Right. We can do that. Um, okay, Canada. so of course we think Canada is like amazing and the safest place ever. Uh, right? Yes. As far as <laughs> as far as like laws go and things like that, I think you guys are way ahead. Yes. Doing a better job of seeing, you know, humans as like humans. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they have their issues, of course. Right. right. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I mean, we're in St. Petersburg, Florida which of course has Clearwater Beach. So yeah. we have a ton of Canadians to the point that we even have like a Canadian clinic here. Like a that Canadian takes clinic. only Canadians. Wait, what? Like a medical yes, clinic? A Canadian clinic? Yes. Wow. So like you can use Canadians so you can use Canadians health. Yes. Wow. Wait a minute. Okay. So 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 you mean like Ahmed, you say so what they use like Canadian healthcare there? What? Yes. Yeah. Get out of here. Wow. It is a clinic for Canadians. <laughs> no, are you sure that's not a medical marijuana dispensary because they kind of look <laughs> the same. I mean, it may have multiple functions. <laughs> I mean, that is a part of healthcare. And those go for everybody. Yeah. Like, you know, is, is, is it, it called Something like Canadian Stoners Clinic or something like that because <laughs> I, would, I would start believing that. No, <laughs> it's not that obvious. Yeah. But yeah, no, we do. We have a lot of Canadians here and no a lot of Ontario license plates mm -hmm. and yeah. like Quebec license plates, which always, what are y'all doing? Are you actually driving? Down? Are they actually driving down from Quebec? They are, yes. Yeah. What? Oh no. my! They drove all the way from up there. <laughs> no, well, it's not, how, it's not that far. I mean, if you if no. you spend one one winter in Ontario and Quebec, you'd go down to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
it's no it's no mystery yeah you know freeze your butt or enjoy the warmth under the palm trees what are you going to choose yeah well you know they're, 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 we we refer to them as snowbirds yeah. they usually go yeah especially during the canadian winter they'll go down to the u.s uh, retired couples usually or something like that that's mm-hmm. what we call yeah, them we call them too but we put the f word in front of Canadian drivers are very polite. On I think that I was, depends on where in Canada I, they're from. I, I was expecting slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I mean by that. <laughs> See? Well, what, they, what they do is they, they flip you the bird, but they say sorry at the same time. Right? Exactly. Like, it's just, it's too, it's aggressive niceness, and I can't take it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why Ricky is so funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Boys. It's like <laughs> now he's talking about Trailer Park Boys, which incidentally is the only it's thing like Brent knows about Canada. Ever. <laughs> but, you get yeah, a lot of people like, in St. Petersburg. You know, it sounds like a Russian thing, but in Florida, whatever you guys are there, that actually some stores that complain, oh, these Canadians are coming down here to our Costco and they're stealing all our milk and stuff like that or whatever. <laughs> yes, because our food apparently is... Milk is expensive. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, so interestingly, I have a like I have a little interesting connection to Canada. Oh. So I'm like really into uh, true crime and serial killers, and the the like crime that got me into now. it, like one of the first ones I ever saw was Carla Homoka. Oh, okay, Carla Homoka, yeah. Yeah, so that was like one of my entryways into like Canada. Was what, a what serial was killer story. Yeah, oh, serial killer. They were like this husband, wife, rapist, murderer couple. It yeah, was it's toy, awful. The toy box? Well, no, 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 no. That's in America. That's oh, like in okay. Texas. Oh, what was the name right. of the other guy? That was uh, it was. Uh, I know. I Paul, can't, Paul Bernardo. Paul Bernardo. Thank you. Thank you. Paul Bernardo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so Bernardo it. and Carla Homolka. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. That is uh. incredibly Canadian. It just they seem so beautiful and nice, and they were. Really terrible people. That's why they were so good. <laughs> so at so now seen. that's how that's that's how you think of us as yeah, beautiful, well, real, and nice, beautiful people that will kill you. I would like to argue that if you take it to the like and ratio to the population. I would think we have way more serial killers in Canada than they have in the states. <laughs> it's quite possible like, compared to the number of the uh, to the population. Yeah, yeah. Our um, ratio is much higher. Well, <laughs> I see your point. Oh. Well, you know, if it's you that cold, it has to be. If right. You keep yeah. eating Tim Horn donuts. Eventually, you do turn you do turn rabbit. Or something <laughs> like that, so. oh, that is one thing that I have on my bucket list. I have I must go to Tim Hortons at some point because it's just everywhere now, and I must understand why it's so good. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta be seriously yeah. disappointed. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh, it's it's a glorified Dunkin' Donut. Come on, let's face it. It's no, but it's fun. I mean, it, it, it's affordable. People can sit there, you know, like they do in Denny's. They can sit there all day and have coffee and have yeah. a sandwich. It's like a, yeah, it's a, I'm not, a Canadian sure Starbucks. I'm not sure you're helping by comparing it to Denny's. Well, no, I'm talking about saying, people. You, you can't people, sit there all day, though. It's because they're from. No, no, you can't sit there all day if you want to. Yeah, you can't, yeah. Nobody's going to kick you out. 
Yeah, but they're familiar with Denny's, so that I yeah, have to yeah, do something. I guess so, yeah. You can go in there and nurse your cup of coffee and, you know, sit. And it's much better than Denny's. Everything is much better. But I just <laughs> yeah. wanted to use an example they could relate to. It's like a Starbucks, but with, with less variety in coffee and way more variety in food. Yes. Yeah. 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 Such good food. And much more. For, how much is coffee now at yeah. Tim's? Um, an extra large French vanilla. Is like two dollars. I was gonna say you should have yeah. this one figured out, down pat. Yeah, yeah. And, and the French vanilla is the most complicated term for a coffee at Tim Hortons. Yeah. Like we don't have the Starbucks like frappuccino, mochaccino, whatever. They don't have that. Also, if you buy a coffee at Tim Hortons, you don't have to worry about making your next car payment. We went to Starbucks today and got two drinks: one medium, one large, and spent ten dollars. That's so. The minimum wage is eight forty-seven. Yes, exactly. $10 American. That's like 20 bucks for us. Yeah. Like um, a large coffee, just normal coffee, is like a dollar. Mm. Yeah. It's so cheap. So, so, so Nikki, in, in preparation for your, when you do come to Canada and order coffee, just remember to say double-double. That's all you have to say. Double-double. Yeah. Yes. Which is two double, creams, double. two sugars. Double-double. I'll have it. Double-double. <laughs> two creams, yeah. two sugars. If you want double, three double. creams, three sugars. <laughs> three creams, three sugar. You want you, you want a triple-triple. Exactly. Well, you know, the, the possibility oh, okay. of there being a Tim's down there, we call them They're Timmy's. Talking. The possibility because they have so many Canadians down there that I bet the Canadians are saying, if you... And, and they're partnering with uh, with is it Wendy's that they they partner yeah. with? Yeah, uh, yeah, it used to be Wendy's. Yeah, I th- I think some locations. I think it's I think it's owned by Burger King now. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Burger King. I think the company's been sold to Burger King. Yeah, yeah. so hang I in heard. there, Nikki. Yeah. We're we're coming. There are, is coming. Isn't there a Tim a Timmy's in in one state? New York. But there's, there's, yeah, I think they're in, but it, they're in Detroit. I think they're in Michigan too. Yeah. Maybe. And wow. I know they opened in Dubai we as well, by the way. They, they there, opened, is a, there is a Tim Hortons in a, Dubai. There's a Tim Hortons in yeah. Dubai? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit extreme, you know. <laughs> we're, we're having a hard time to put one in New York, but we got one in Dubai. <laughs> sure, why not? Dubai. Yes. I thought he was saying to buy. No. I think how it happened, I'm guessing here, that an Emirati guy came to him do you have international franchise? And they told him, no, we don't do that. He said, okay, I'll give you a million dollars. I said, no, we're not going to I'll give you $10 million. Okay, take it. Hey, we do now. Hey, you found the number. <laughs> Little-known little fact as well about Tim Hortons, you might not know, that in Ontario, there's so many of them, and how they build them is they build a Tim Hortons, they take a donut, they toss it, wherever it lands, they build another one. <laughs> this, is, this is how they spread. Little-known fact. <laughs> I would love to see that, because this needs to be like a whole process. There needs to be commentators, cameras, slow motion replay of someone tossing a donut. I love this. Like Walgreens and CVS here. Awesome. Yes, you know, we have a hey, lot of those. We're here. We're Walgreens and CVS is like, fuck you, so are we. Yeah. All right? <laughs> it's a constant buy-off between like, pharmacies. It's insane. So, Brent and Nikki, as, as uh, ambassadors for your country, was there anything you'd like to say to us Canadians for, for a birthday this year or something like that? You want to you tell us to fuck off or you guys love us or something? Is there a message you, we can pass on to our audience? Well, I don't, I don't uh, think they want us to fuck off. I think they want to immigrate here. I would say that. Yes. Please, yeah, actually, please take yeah. us. We'll go anywhere. We'll, we'll go to Saskatchewan. We'll make it. We'll figure it out. Oh, you would. Yeah, we could we totally could do that. Do that. Totally It'd work. be great. I mean, we prefer BC, though. Oh, BC is the seriously. best. Yeah, we're here anyway, so you but, might as well come and see seriously, us. Seriously, happy Canada Day. Thank you for always being 
the example of what we should be. <laughs> yes! yes, that's exactly what it is. I mean, I know you're going through some bumps in the road right now and dealing with some of the same stuff we are, but you're still, you know, holding and, yourself accountable. And you're not entirely at fault because that's kind of our fault. Yeah. Having <laughs> dealt with that shit and you're like, should we deal with this shit? Yeah, <laughs> like sorry for importing our fascism. We're we're so sorry. Um, <laughs> apologies, um, but sorry. seriously, happy Canada Day, and I'm so jealous that you're still technically under Queen Elizabeth. Like that is so badass to be in the Commonwealth. Like that's really badass. So keep on being badass. It's pretty badass. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, I was uh, I was showing yeah. America says, yeah, we have the queen stuff. So, we get tons of drag queens out here. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Not know what I mean, but that's oh, also that's, that's awesome. Awesome, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is fucking good. Well, good. Thank, thank you that's so much. Well, thank you so much, Brent and Nikki. I, I, by the power invested in me, I've doubt doubt you, uh, honorary Canadians. <laughs> Not sure how that's going to work at the border, but give it a shot. It might work. <laughs> we're going to do said. that. <laughs> no, Kevin said, bro. Oh, Kevin said that. Yeah, we all know each other up here. Oh, Kevin said, sure, come on in. <laughs> Don't forget to mention Bob, too. Bob. <laughs> uh, so, guys, quickly, just before we let you go, uh, give give the audience, if people you want, want to find out more about Unapologics and the great, fantastic work you, you guys do, where can they find you? Uh, we are at uh, unapologetic spell with an X at the end. Um, don't get the don't do the CS one because that's a that's uh, like a neo Nazi podcast. That's not the one you want. Yeah, don't don't, don't do, do that. that. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> well, with the X. That's a, but you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Radio, uh, yes, all of those places, I mean, and the... we're on Facebook, unapologetics with an X. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and, and, um, and yeah, that's it. Before you leave, happy Fourth of July. Yes. Might as well wish you that too. Yeah. Well, Stranger Things is coming out that day, so Myth thinks we won't be celebrating (laughs) the birthday uh, of our country. We're not going to be doing anything. No, no, no. Little known fact the the United States were formed in 1776, and we were so jealous of the 4th of July thing, we decided to just up you up by pushing it to the first in 1867. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll have our birthday first. (laughs) Just just to up the Americans, just one. Brett, Nikki, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks for having us. Y'all yeah, enjoy your day. You. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was Brent and Nikki of Unapologetics, and you can catch their fine show anywhere where podcasts are playing. Awesome. Okay, so now we continue. So you guys might not know, or you guys probably do know most of the facts, but maybe our American listeners don't. So here are some nice Canadian facts for you. Okay, did you guys know that Canada is actually 9.98 million square kilometers? How many miles is that? That'd be 3.85 square miles, million square miles. Oh, wow. So that's how big the country is. So it is the second biggest country in the world, geographically speaking, of course. Yeah, it is. I I knew that I had to study it to to get (laughs) this citizenship exam. The border with the U.S. and Canada is actually the largest border, longest border in the world. It's actually 8,891 kilometers long, or for American friends, 5,525 miles long. 70 percent of the citizens actually live within 100 kilometers of the u.s border mm-hmm. now remember you you were having that that thing there you said within 10 kilometers you were off yeah. just by a digit yeah. that's okay Fair easy enough. mistake easy mistake <laughs> if you were wondering about the uh, composition of canadians 74.3 percent of us are of european descent 
14.5% uh, are Asian, 5.1% uh, are ind Indigenous, or First Nations, 3.4% are Latin, and 2.9% are from African descent. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're actually on track to be one of the first countries to switch to have um, our immigrant population overtake our... Um, uh, well, like, according, well, like population. Not according to this. Since we're still, still well, it depends where you go by immigrant, right? I mean, yeah. se if you say seventy-four point three percent European descent, yeah, that, includes, no, I, that I, includes first generation, second generation, mm -hmm. uh, new immigrants as well. It, I, it, I'm yeah. just looking. I'm thinking, what I'm saying is like projecting into the future. Oh yeah, maybe our immigration actually like increasing. Yeah, isn't it the U.S. Aren't they predicting that it's twenty forty? that uh, Latins and, and, uh, and, uh, and non-whites are going to yeah. dominate. Is it 2040? I have no so idea. I don't, know it's where, I don't know whether we're on the same track for yeah. about that mm -hmm. time. I think if you ask a Trump supporter, you would say it's already happened. Yeah, yeah right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> if you were wondering about the religions in, in this country, since we are part of an atheist show, 67.2% uh, of us are Christians. Uh, or they say they are. Say, well, different denominations yeah. of Christians and stuff like that. Uh, Twenty-three point nine or twenty-four percent of us are non-religious. So mm -hmm. the second biggest denomination. Three point two percent are from Islam or Muslim. Uh, one point five percent are Hindu, and one point four percent are Sikh. There are more Muslims than Hindus in, in the country. Yes. I didn't know that. I thought it would be. I think. Bit. I think. It, I think mm -hmm. the vast majority of them go to Ontario. You don't see me yeah. in BC, but mm -hmm. I think Ontario. Yes. Is well, yeah, I know that. But one point one percent are Buddhist, and one percent, one point zero are Jew. Hmm. Who would have thought? I think in the United States it's ten percent Jewish, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know any of the. Yeah, others. I think it's I like sixteen percent are African American. Oh, well, sorry, that's not even religion. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Scrap that. <laughs> uh, unlike the Americans, uh, we're not a, uh, a secular republic, as per se. Canada is actually a federal parliamentary constitutional monarchy. Wow, that takes in a lot of... Uh, uh, yeah, that takes a big word. So, so it essentially means that the queen is actually the head of state. Mm -hmm. And she has a, uh, a, a representative here called the governor general. And he or she actually signs on behalf of the queen laws... To make him official. It's basically, it's a bit like Ronald McDonald, you know? It's, it's an honor, <laughs> it's mostly an honor, honorary rule. But, exactly. I mean, the, 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 still the, the prime minister and the parliament still makes the laws. They just make it super official by putting the queen's signature on it, if you wish. And she's still on our, on our coins. She's still on the currency. That's right. Um, the GDP of Canada stands at $1.930 trillion at this point, uh, which gives about a... a uh, $51,546 per capita, per person. Um, the country is actually officially bilingual, French and English, in case you didn't know that. The national sport. What's the national sport? Curling. No. Lacrosse. It is lacrosse. <gasps> it's not hockey, mm -hmm. compared to what most people would think. Really? It's lacrosse? It's it lacrosse. That's right. Uh, and also, it is the 10th largest economy in the world. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So these are fun facts. Uh, let's see. And I'm going to pepper some more interesting weird facts here. You're gonna get, you guys are going to love this because I've got like almost 50 weird facts. 50? Yeah, weird wow. facts about Canada. I'm not going to give you all 50 right now. So let's put a bit of music. Okay. Um, Kim Campbell was a prime minister and she was the uh, only female prime minister we ever had. She was only in power for 134 days. Hmm. Very short tenure. Yeah. Uh, there's a town in Newfoundland called Dildo. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's not for the sex toy, but apparently it's a uh, it's a fishing boat tool. Uh, what's funny about that though is the towns of the towns around Dildo are called Spread Eagle, Conception Bay, <laughs> Broad Cove, and Pussy Gully. <laughs> <laughs> And this is actually true. If you lived in Dildo and you were the mayor, would you want to change your name or would you think it's so unusual and funny that it brings tourists there just so they can... I'd be loved to be known as the mayor of Dildo. (laughs) I would embrace it. I think they probably all do. Uh, Did you guys know that Canadians are the biggest eaters of craft dinner food worldwide? No, I thought it would be the Americans. No, No, it's Canadian. It's a Canadian thing. Uh, Canada, the name Canada comes from the Iroquois Katana. No, sorry, Kanata, sorry, which actually means village. Uh, We said already Canada is the second biggest country in the world. We said that. There are six time zones in Canada. And some of them are on Mm -hmm. the half hour. Yes, there's one in Newfoundland that's only a half hour ahead, Mm -hmm. actually. Um, there is 202,880 kilometers coastline for the country. Don't we have, like, one of the longest coastlines? Yeah, because we're actually surrounded by all three sides by, by water except down south in the States. Uh, the furthest northern town is called Alert, and only <laughs> two, six, uh, 62 people live there, on a, and there's an average temperature of minus 40. Oh. You'll wonder why yeah. <laughs> 62 people live there. We talked already about the longest border with the U.S., which is 8,891 kilometers long, or we said in, uh, miles was 5,525 miles. The capital of Canada is Ottawa, of course. The population is 934,000 people, and it's the fifth largest city in the country. Would you repeat the capital of Canada? Because most Americans think it's Toronto. No, it's not Toronto. Toronto would be... uh, The New York of Canada. Exactly, exactly. It's it's a good way of putting it. Well, speaking of Toronto, uh, if you're thinking of Toronto, it used to actually be called York. Yeah. And the population right now is stands at 2,731,531 people approximately. Yeah. But we need to we need to educate people that it's Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Ottawa is the, the capital, not it, Toronto. It's a capital, right. Uh, Canada is officially bilingual. We said that already. 60% of us are English, 20 or 25% of us are French. And there's the big joke that goes in Canada, people speak in English and mumble in French. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of mumble in both, actually. <laughs> um, the First Nations, which of course includes the Inuits and the Métis, uh, have a, a, apparently 60 different languages in this country. Yeah. Um, speaking of them, 634, there's 634 different recognized First Nation communities in Canada. That's interesting. Uh, the, problem, the territory of Nunavut was created in 1999, and accounts for one-fifth of the land area, and is 200 times, two, sorry, 210 times bigger than the, uh, the, the province of Prince Edward Island. Hmm. So, uh, if, and if it was a country, it would be 15th largest country in the world. Oh. Wow. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, did you guys know that Superman is actually part Canadian? Yes. He was created by Canadian Joel Shoster and American Jerry Siegel. It was a collaboration with the two, the two, uh, the two countries, I guess. Um, Ottawa is actually the second coldest capital in the world. Really? Yes. The coldest capital is actually a place called, I'm probably going to massacre this, I think it's called Vlandoblach. It's in Mongolia. Oh. oh. So it's not even Russian, it's Mongolia. What about Scandinavian countries? 
I thought these would have colder capitals. Oh, they may, they might be further up north, but be, because of the, the the temperature, I mean, Mongolia is very desert-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably drops temperatures yeah. probably drops really really cold there. Mm-hmm. Um, Montreal, the city of Montreal, is the second largest French city after Paris. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, do you guys know that Canada has twenty percent of the world's fresh water supply? Yes. Yep. A lot of water. The Trans-Canada Highway is the longest highway in the world and spans 7,604 kilometers, or for our American friends, 4,725 miles. Mm. And that's a highway. Um, Canada has one-tenth of the world forest. Huh. Yeah. Uh, there's a beach in uh, Simcoe, Ontario called Wasaga Beach. It has the longest freshwater beach. It's actually the longest freshwater beach in the world. Mm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Canada has the fourth lowest population density. We only have three. If we were to spread all mm-hmm. Canadians across the country, we'd have three people per square kilometer. Wow. <laughs> yes. The coldest temperature ever reached in Canada registered was minus 63 degrees. For American friends, that'd be minus 81.4 degrees in 1957 in Yukon. Gross. Yes. Did you guys know that dog food is actually tax deductible in Canada? I'm sorry. What? 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 Dog food is tax deductible. I didn't know this. Yeah. No. <laughs> now you know. Apparently it's true. What about cat foods? Uh, no, not cats. I guess we're a dog country. That's because yeah. dogs are your dependent. Cats are your roommates. <laughs> <laughs> the life expectancy of Canadians is 81.16 years. It's number six in the world. And the baseball glove was also invented in Canada in, 19, sorry, 1883. Huh. So before I move on with more fun facts... Let's do our usual segment that we love. Oh, no, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to keep that one for the end. All right, let's do another brilliant moment. You want to do that, dear? I certainly do. Uh, where's the music? Oh, dear, let's use this one. So, the Colombian seaport city of Buenaventura has a wickedness problem, but Catholic Bishop Monsignor Ruben Dario Yaramilo Montoya... Ooh, that was a mouthful. Believes that he has a way of solving it. Montoya claims that the entire city is being plagued by demons and is planning to use a helicopter to spray holy water <laughs> all over the <laughs> Ventura. Why? Why didn't we think of that first? He's going to use a helicopter to spray holy water all over the city. Yep. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mission Destroy the Demons is due to take place on July 14th when a helicopter borrowed from the Navy will be used to drench the devil's spawn with holy water. The Navy agreed to this? this. The Navy agreed to this? Apparently. (laughs) Oh, God. What are they going to do? Use a water bomber next? (laughs) It might be a good day to have umbrellas at the ready. Where is this? What city is this? This is in Colombia. Oh, well, they can borrow from the... It's okay. They're all drug runners. It doesn't make any difference. <laughs> well, that is that actually... That was a Nancy, and not necessarily you know, so yeah. <laughs> Well, to be fair, that is kind of one of the, like, the main problems that they have. Yeah. So um, um, well, maybe there's a fire that day and it just no, turns out their they, bullets. No, I meant that there's helicopters that the, that the Navy uses that every, to catch the drug runners. Yeah, of course. I wasn't right, right. casting dispersion. <laughs> 
The bishop said, we want to go around the whole of Buenaventura from the air and pour holy water onto it to see if we exercise all those demons that are destroying our port. In Buenaventura, we have to get rid of the devil to see if we can return the tranquility that the city has lost with so many crimes, acts of corruption, so much evil and drug trafficking. (laughs) It will be a great public demonstration for the entire community where we will pour holy water to see if so many bad things end and the devil goes out of here. Holy whirly bird, Batman. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I wow. love this. I love this. They're using modern technology now. To, yeah. Know, next, we'll have the fire truck. Let's just use the hose and bless everybody with the fire yeah. truck. Yeah. You know, when you think of it, a helicopter's a bad idea because, like, if you, depending on how high up you are, it'll, like, just disperse and it won't get. It's just you like rain. It. Well, you, you might need a certain dosage. So you Could be, could be. If I were you, you'd bring your holy funnel so you can catch <laughs> as much holy water as possible. <laughs> what you need is some super soakers. No, I like it. It's very, it's effective. Yeah. Widespread. Oh Widespread. god, that's right. Is that it? That's what you. Got? That is it. Keeping it short and sweet today. Sweet. How many ga- how many gallons did they determine would actually disperse or eliminate the demons? Do they have it down to a per gallon or per I don't know. quart? Yeah, gallons per demon. That reminds me of when we had remember when we had Chris the Christian Christensen and you had that line where you said, you know, he can hold his breath underwater for one minute, two minutes if it's holy water. <laughs> that was awesome. I would just like to be there and as soon as it happens, like be aware of it and then be like, I'm burning <laughs> I'm melting, I'm melting. <laughs> that is so awesome. <laughs> Or you get one of these, you can put yourself in a pool of water, you get one of those fizzy bath bombs. The things. black ones? The black ones. As soon as it spreads, it's a bubble that black crude. Ah! <laughs> I would so do that. <laughs> All right. Moving on with some other fun Canadian facts for you guys. Do you guys know that Canada has a literacy rate of 99%? That's oh, awesome. The, the highest good. in the world. The, the highest in the world? Mm-hmm. So I think uh, Japan has almost 100%. Yeah. Canada's up there, you know. Uh, Finland also has, has 99 or 100%. You know, mm-hmm. the, these three are basically vying for first place. The motto of Canada is Anari Usker Admar, which is Latin for from one seat to the, from one seat to the next, right? Mm-hmm. One seat, yeah, exactly. Uh, Quebec is uh, is Quebec City is the only walled city north of Mexico, and is actually the first UNESCO World Heritage Site in North America. Mm-hmm. My hometown. Uh, there is 200 yeah. species of mammals in Canada, and 600, 630 bird species as well. Well, as I like to put it, we don't have the venomous creatures or the poisonous creatures. We have the brute force creatures. We, that's right, the brute force creatures. Um, there is apparently 11 subspecies of Canada geese. I had no idea. And I bet they're all bitchy. They're all mean. I mean they're all mean for sure. <laughs> Did you know you can swim with belugas in Churchill, Manitoba? Really? Yeah. Well, you you have to watch for polar bears too, but (laughs) you can actually go (laughs) swim with the belugas apparently. That's pretty cool. Um, The Hudson Bay Company is actually the oldest corporation in North America. Mm -hmm. It was incorporated in 1670. So the first company, official company, I guess you could say, on the North American continent was actually a Canadian company. Yeah, and the guy who started it, who is French, whose name I can't remember, has a fascinating history. Um, and there's a, there's a new book about him I can't mm. wish I could check. But the, if anybody wants to look up Hudson Bay, 
look up who founded that, that country, and he actually came from France, but was adopted by the uh, either by the Cherokee or the uh, Algonquin, uh, and became part of the, the indigenous right. culture. Yeah. Um, did you know that Canada has the world's smallest jail? It's only 270 square feet. Really? Yeah. Where is that? It doesn't say. I couldn't find out. And when the when the uh, the policeman puts the poor guy in there, he says, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the heaviest rainfall that we ever had in the country, what well, happened on May 30th in 1961 in Saskatchewan, 10 inches of rain fell. Ooh, mm. that's a lot wow. of water. That's a lot of water. Hello, flood. Uh, did you know that Canada is the largest producer of uranium in the world? Really? I didn't know that. I had no idea. It's also the largest source of cesium. It's it's a rare element. I'm not sure what cesium does, though. I didn't have a chance to look it up. So, uh, did you know that the U.S. buys more oil from Canada than any other country? Yeah, I knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, most Canadians, 32% of Canadians rate themselves as very happy, and 55% of us rate ourselves as quite happy. So, for the most part, we're happy people. Happy people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Canadian flag, you know, with the maple leaf, was the only uh, invented in, uh, actually only came to be the official flag in 1965, which is almost 100 years after the foundation of the country. Mm-hmm. What we, was it like before? Uh, they had, uh, it was part Union Jack, and it was like a small Union Jack in the corner, and I think most of it was red or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, they had, they went through a little couple over there. Um, the uh, the uh, stereotype A, you know, is like Canadian A. It's actually in the Canadian Oxford Dictionary. It's an actual word. It certainly is. <laughs> What's the definition of it? <laughs> Just an expression, I guess. I mean, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess, whatever. Um, H-O-H-O-H-O is the official Santa Claus postal code. Yeah. It's actually quite true. Um, Quebec, the province of Quebec, makes 77% of the world's maple syrup. Uh, we talked about we that. We talked about that a couple of shows ago, yeah. Um, Canada was invaded twice by the U.S. Uh, in 1775 and in 1812. You guys didn't know. Did you guys know that Hawaiian pizza is a Canadian invention? No. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, guy, the, 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 the guy who invented that, I think, died like two years ago. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the U.S. Did you know that apparently peanut butter is also a Canadian invention? Oh, that, that is a known, yeah. Yep, yep. Peanut butter is a wasn't Canadian a gift. Time, yeah, wasn't there a time in 1812 that the Americans... <laughs> Wanted to build a fort. Oh, I yeah. Keep that for later. Okay. I've got All that right. for later. Okay. Okay. Um, we talked about Churchill in Manitoba, where they have a lot of polar bears. Right? Uh-huh. If you live in, in Churchill, Manitoba, uh, you never lock your car doors. You always, Everybody leaves their car doors unlocked. Yep. In right. case you Joe is walking along and a polar bear shows up, he jumps in a car, Ooh. no matter whose car it is. Right? As protection. Yeah, that's a nice social uh, collaboration. In case, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool, actually. Um, get to the end there. Um, in 1943, I love this, this little story. Canada designated a hospital room as extraterritorial ground so a Dutch princess could be born full Dutch. Hmm. Because the, 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 I guess the princess was pregnant and she was about to give birth. But if she gives birth in Canada... She becomes Canadian. She becomes Canadian, becomes Canadian, and yeah. part of the royal Dutch family, you have to be full Dutch. So the government designated that room to be Dutch territory for a moment, so the princess could be born full Dutch and thus keep her, 
heritage. Is that is that the most accommodating, nice? Is thing it not? One yeah. country can is do that for the, another? the most Canadian thing to do right it there? Is. It was like, my God, I know. it's one of the reasons why the Dutch love us so much too. Yeah. Um, did you know that the uh, random uh, employee drug tests in Canada, you know, the random du- drug tests are actually illegal? They cannot randomly just say, hey, Bob, here's a drug test. They can't actually do that. I know that because I do HR, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a part of Hudson Bay, I mean, the, the, not the company, but the, the Hudson Bay itself, that actually has less gravity than the rest of the Earth. Mm. That's a fascinating thing. I'd love to look deeper into that. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada is also the most educated country in the world. Most, a lot of our citizens have actually gone on to superior college and university learning. Um, Canadian tap water is often better quality than bottled water. Well, actually, parts of Abbotsford have a, um, in, in a little place called Clearbrook, the Clearbrook water has won, I don't know how many years of running of the best water in the world. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have the title of having the best water in the yeah. world right here in Abbotsford. Wow. Now, yeah, yeah, I've always wondered here, why is the bottled water being sold here so like why is it so common yeah so why pointless right buying it? it's so pointless yeah. there's a bottle of water here yeah you're absolutely right did you guys know there's actually a prison for polar bears <laughs> what, what? <laughs> it's gonna be in church of Manitoba, of course it's for bad bears that break into people's home and they're sent to prison bear, <laughs> to the bear prison oh that'd be oh, so that's funny sad. you guys sad. you just sit in there yogi and think about what you did <laughs> Did you know that Canada has a strategic maple syrup reserve? Yes. <laughs> no. There's a, there's a maple syrup reserve. <laughs> oh, God. That's so funny. Uh, did you know that the University of Victoria, not far from here, actually offers a course called The Science of Batman? No. They really? actually do. What is that? I guess it just, you know, if you want to become a vigilante, I guess, a mass vigilante, you know, they go through the science of what it would take to actually be Batman. How's that a science? That sounds like a lovely summer vacation. Oh, come God. And take, come and take that class. And, oh, build your own you grappling know. hook and your batarangs, yeah. I guess. I don't That'd know. That would be a fun, fun thing to do. And last, but certainly not least, there's a town in B.C. with the postal code, oh, the postal code, oof, postal code V4G. One and four. And if you look at it, the way it's spelled, it spells vagina. <laughs> and believe it or not, that town is Delta. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> Which is two towns <laughs> For our American listeners, postal code is the same as zip code. Yes, that's right. It's a version of the zip code. Oh, God. Oh, whenever we have a truck going to pick something up in Delta now, it's never going to be the same. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you're going to vagina. <laughs> That's just too awesome. Oh, God. Oh, where's that? <laughs> All right. Okay, Ogman, my friend. Hello. <laughs> I want to bring you to the show today because you, sir, are, uh, you were born in Egypt. And for a good part of your life, you lived in Saudi Arabia. I lived for most part of my life. I lived in Egypt. Yeah, I graduated from. College. But you did work in Saudi Arabia for several years. And then years. yes, after after university, I worked in Saudi Arabia for eight eight to nine years. Eight or nine and years. Then, so that's... And then I came here. Yeah. yeah, and then then you became a Canadian citizen. Yeah, after a few four years. But yes. since we're doing a whole Canada Day thing, I kind of wanted you to kind of give us your story as to what it was like. 
to be an immigrant, I guess, and become a Kenny. You know, how how does that? What does that mean to you? How does it feel? You know, do you 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 glad? Do you think you wish you could go back? I don't know. You tell me, man. No, you know, I yeah, uh, I, I don't regret it for a second. Uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. It especially that I I lived in Saudi Arabia before coming here. It would have been a different experience if I was if I came here from Egypt directly because uh, Saudi Arabia is a, it's almost like the total opposite of Canada. <laughs> Saudi Arabia is the Saudi total Arabia, opposite of it's Canada. Almost like in weather, like. Um, social life, really? Uh, yeah, uh, the give me a few examples. State of law, like weather, that pretty obvious. Weather, uh, yeah, that's yeah, obvious. It's 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 desert and it's hot and it's hum- It's like it, it, it's uh, in, in summer. It's like it's a small piece of hell. Everywhere it's <laughs> air conditioned, and here it's cold. Like other than Vancouver, like BC is the most is the yeah. warmest province in Canada, but yep. most of Canada is pretty cold. Yes. freezing cold. Uh, it's here. It's green over there. It's, it's yellow sand. So weather, like, no need to talk. It's obvious how it's the exact opposite. You miss it once in a while. You once uh, in a while you want to do a trip back there just for fun for a vacation? Not yet. No. Okay. I haven't missed it yet. No. Uh, but I have few. Fr- I, I met some friends there. Yeah. I, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I miss them. Yeah. Of course. And some of them are not even there anymore. But uh, yeah, I miss the friends that I made there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still in touch, of course. Uh, you should bring them up. Social life. Uh, and so social life. Also, is very different. Uh, it, there, it's a very closed society. Uh, there is almost a, a near complete segregation between men and women. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like is it as bad the as interaction the... between stranger men and women is is to the minimum? Really? Y- yes. Is it because we, when we, of course, as North Americans, and I've never been to Saudi Arabia, all I have is a bit, like a vague image of what you'll see like in a movie. Right. Yeah, it's not accurate. It's yeah. not accurate. Yeah, but uh, there aren't lots of movies that are done about Saudi Arabia, though. That no, but usually of... it's something about like some kind of American SEAL team doing some kind of counter-terrorist yeah. stupid yeah, thing th- over that, there. That would not give you any idea no. about how it is over there. No, but it no. gives you like just a brief, you know, about the colors and you know the the the, the, the shops and the bazaars and stuff like that. I don't think that's even accurate. That's not accurate. At no, all. like the cities there are just cities. They're just uh, cities. Yes, they're cities yeah. with, with shops in the streets. Cars, going cars around, everywhere. Like everywhere. oh, the cars are they have. Every, almost every person there has a car and the American cars there are also very uh, very popular mm. uh, especially big ones like trucks and, and, and Ford Crown, like the Crown Victoria like the Ford Crown Victoria which is a large car yeah. this is normally used as a police car here in North America well used to anyway the, used to be and it's a, it's a large car it's a big car yeah. this is one of it's it's all, I think it's the most uh, famous uh, common used car in Saudi Arabia huh. and because wow. oil there is cheap so this is, this car has a big tank, yeah, and they don't care. Like I remember the uh, price, the oil price when I was there, it was like zero point two five, like like a quarter of a uh, of Saudi currency. Oh like, wow! Like it's like twenty five cents, and uh, yeah, they call it halala over there. So and, and they're they metric, so they'll go. And by that's later. that's literally cheaper than water. Wow! Yeah. Like if you if you want to refill your uh, your your water your drinking water gallon, mm-hmm. you're gonna pay more per liter than uh, for gas. That's, Damn. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, but that it's, it's, used it's, to be. It sounds horrible at first, but when you think about it, buy a, a ball of a liter of bottled water, it's still gonna cost you more than a liter of gas. Especially yeah. that they don't have fresh water there in Saudi Arabia, so there there isn't any fresh water. They they it's have they, water. they they have to sell. Yeah, they have to uh, they use um, seawater. 
and they filter them. Really? Yeah. De- desalination? So they, they desalinate the water. Yes. Wow. Yeah, so that's why it's costly. Fair enough. And that's very yeah. energy intensive too, right? A lot of people say, well, we just desalinate a lot of seawater. That's very energy intensive, the, the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the problems with it. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, and then, for, so social life is, is very different. So people, as I said, like the, the, the society there is uh, um, almost completely segregated. Uh, and then also the Saudis, many of them are nice people and some of them are my friends. Mm-hmm. But they don't, uh, many of them, they don't integrate easily with, with strangers. Well, like, not strangers, I mean like foreigners yeah. who live and work there. So there are these ghettos of communities, like the Saudis are one culture, one yeah. society, and then you have the, the Egyptians and the uh, Sudanese and the Indians and the Pakistanis, and it's very, very uh, identi- identity-based, mm. uh, close societies, and then some of the societies in- interact with each other, like different Arab societies, like uh, Egyptians and, 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 and Syrians, they, can, they, they would more likely be friends than an Egyptian with a Pakistani, for example. Mm. So it's like close societies. Wow. And, and yeah, so life there is very different than here. Here it's kind of a, like a melted pot. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I got I to touch you. Of course, this is the influence of the segregation between the sexes. It's Islam, obviously, It's, right? it's a religious thing. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, religious it, thing. it's not, well, it's, it's not, it's not just Islam. It's, it's, the, it's their specific version of it as well. Yeah, Wahhab, of course. The Wahhabism or the Salafism or the, or the fundamentals. But, but I'm wondering, is it, uh, this is, might sound like a stupid question, but, you know, I, you know, like right here, we're interacting male, female, you know, we're just chatting, blah, blah, blah. But when you get so much segregation, does, does it feel like, you know, like, do people react like, like, like you're like a, uh, a, a young high schooler that is meeting a girl for the first time they're all well, shy well that's the, the thing is is that uh, be, behind awkward. closed doors things are very very different okay uh, the hip, so and that was one of the main things that really turned me off uh, the level of hypocrisy mm. so uh, the public appearance the public life in, in the street is very different from what happens behind closed doors and uh, uh, People are naturally inclined to interact with each other, yeah, and, of course, and, and sexually interact with each other. So, so uh, Saudi uh, young men and women, they always try to. They find a way. There's always a way. So of course, they, they 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 get to know each other. They interact with each other, and they meet uh, secretly, of course, and. Lots of stories <laughs> that happened because of that. Oh, look at and you, Playboy. Uh, yeah. No, 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 not mine. No, yeah, no, yeah, sure, no, no, sure. No, 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 I didn't. Know. I was because I was I was kind of religious when I was there, so I was still I was still like half conservative. Yeah. Uh, no, so I didn't engage in any of that, but uh, I I knew I, I saw it, I knew it, and but it, it the whole so uh, living there is is kind of a you you don't get to do a lot and. Not just it's not just about the segregation between men and women. It's the, in the public life there are many things that you're not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like uh, you know here you know what you know what the hookah is. Yeah, hookah of course. Is like yeah, this. The, the, yeah. Yes. the, the smoking yes. thing. So one of these things you can't you can't smoke that publicly. For example, you, you, they, they have two police there. They have the regular police and then they have the religious police. Yes, matawa they say they call them. And the the religious police their role is to ensure that all the religious uh, uh, rules are followed. are followed and publicly that no woman is is, is walking with the clothes inappropriate clothing, mm-hmm. or uh, no men are like sitting in a park and uh, and and uh, smoking some hookah or something like that or 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 uh, playing music loud because that music was also frowned upon in their in their religious uh, 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 version. So yeah, so so it's pretty dull. It's pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> 
wow. uh, and it and and you don't have any sense of freedom at all. And then politically, of course, there is no uh, as a foreigner working there, you 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 can never be a citizen. You'll always be just uh, city, uh, living there under a working uh, permit. permit or okay. working visa, and you're you always constantly know and aware of that you are just a second degree uh, second degree individual wow. you don't have the same rights as saudis you'll never you never will and you are not allowed to speak about uh, or criticize any of their political uh, the royal family members yeah, or anything like that. actually even saudis have hard time doing that uh, it's uh, it's also it's 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 a police state. It's to a degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, the intelligence there have a big role. Uh, there are eyes kind of everywhere, but it's it, it's not like not compared to uh, old USSR, for example. It's yeah. not to that degree, but it's still there strongly. So criticism would be uh, anybody, even Saudis who would like to criticize uh, the royal family or or the policy. They would have to be really cautious uh, about who they speak to, oh, and uh, they they won't do that in front of people they don't know. Wow! So uh, that all adds up to all this sense of like there's no freedom, no you don't really have lots of rights. So, so quick question, just uh, at the left there. Uh, for example, let's say you and your wife were there, and yes. she was pregnant, and she gave birth. Yes. Would the, would the child become a Saudi citizen? No, never. No, no, never. No, no. So, no. You, so besides, yeah, unless just, unless your family's been there for generations as Saudis, even even if your family has been there for the oh, as Saudis, yes, of course, yes. But but, uh, but there are families who has who have been there for generations. Uh, like I know friends who were born there, mm-hmm. and now they have children who are born there, and none of them will ever be a Saudi wow, citizen really? unless they change the laws, of course. Uh, wow. During the last, like during the last decades, it happened sometimes that during uh, some of the like, during some days of the king, uh, late king uh, Faisal, King Khalid, uh, sometimes they opened it up. They gave citizenship to different people, mm-hmm. and uh, but in specific occasions and under specific circum- circumstances. Wow. So some people got citizenship. Wow. Uh, but uh, these were only like, just these well, were the exceptions. I'm interested in when you and your wife came here initially mm. and you saw the freedom that teenagers had that the dress code was just about anything you could wear women could wear anything expose yeah, any parts of their body mm-hmm. and the relationships between men and women at work as well how did that affect you, the, the way you looked at each other in terms of your relationship and, and as contrasted not- to how canadians conduct relationships yeah, it, it was not a total surprise we knew how things are here because both me and my wife first we are like we spend most of our lives in Egypt and in Egypt there is no real segregation between mm. women and women like that but of course it's a different culture as well yeah uh, it's also it's a lot more conservative than here but still uh, we interact with each other uh, on a daily basis in, in streets in, in workplaces uh, more conservatively, but still, and then we are we are very much aware of the Western culture through mm-hmm. like through friends, through even movies and yeah. And, and, and yeah. And uh, Achman was so already cross dressing. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have you have and, you adopted so, a more Canadian but culture, yes. or are there still uh, you y- know parts of Saudi Arabia that for, are within your your household? N- no, well, we never had any part of the Saudi culture in our household to start with. Me and my wife never really liked it. We were never really into it, but mm-hmm. we were. More, we are more. We we have become a little bit more liberal here. We were kind of halfway liberal, halfway conservative, 
before when we were in Egypt because we were kind of more religious. We are much less religious here, but that's our personal experience yeah. because many people that that's that's totally personal. Of course, uh, there are many people here that come and they still remain. Uh, they, they they keep their uh, the old habits their of ideology, the old country. Yes, and and they still live the same the same life inside their houses. Uh, yes, so we have changed, uh, and and that's one of the things that that would. Uh, I was thinking about when you told me I'm going to talk about what does it mean to be Canadian, and this is one of the things uh, that uh, that I came up to that this is one of the things that. Uh, identifies being a Canadian for mm-hmm, me because mm-hmm. I was thinking about what does it really mean for me to be a Canadian or to belong here and one of the main things is that we have the ability here to freely uh, express our uh, ideas and ideologies and live the way we want openly mm-hmm. uh, if we want to do that yeah. without really caring much about what society is going to say or what or how the reaction is going to be and that is something that is not really uh, available in every other country except it's definitely that's not the way it is in Egypt uh, some in many I have many friends who have changed their ideologies and but they still cannot change the way they live yeah uh, because of their families because of the society won't accept it yeah uh, some of them even within inside their own homes uh, a man or a woman can change their religious belief or, 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 or ideology and they still can't even sometimes they can even tell their other uh, partner yeah yeah exactly right. sometimes and, and sometimes they can but they still have to pretend in front of everybody else in front of you're, relatives and friends and you're quote unquote living in the closet still yes way, right? exactly yeah, yeah exactly so and that's one main thing here that I don't have to do that I don't have to pretend to be uh, any anything else that I'm not, I don't have to keep. Uh, yeah, I don't have to pretend. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, is, awesome. which is I, I think that's the most important thing for me. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so what prompted you? Was it just a, bi- a business uh, opportunity you had to actually move to Canada? And no, become- no. I just didn't like. Uh, I I knew I wasn't gonna live in Saudi Arabia for lo- for long. I didn't like it there. My wife didn't like it there, so, so, so and uh, it, it like, was it was very hard for us to move back to Egypt. Uh, the, the economic situation there is not the best, and uh, not just economic, but it's uh, uh, there are many things that could go wrong, wrong there. I didn't like the the, the social yeah. life as well, uh, so I, I wanted to live. I, I wanted to move. I've always had that kind of liberal orientation mentality. I wanted yeah. to go, in a, even though I was still religious, but I wanted to go to a place where I can where I can be more liberal to do whatever I want. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you basically look at your wife and say, uh, "You know, honey, and, and let's wanted, go to this joint." Yeah, I wanted, I wanted a better life, a better education, a better health, a better, a better life overall for my children as well. Which we didn't have that. We didn't have any at the time, but we mm-hmm. were going to. So uh, we decided we have to move somewhere. Well, here this is a personal question. So if you don't want to answer, I understand. But when you, as as open minded as you are, and not being happy with the the culture, not being happy with the day to day life, and you met your wife, was it difficult for the two of you to start talking about the things that you didn't like, and to discover that you both had a desire? For living someplace else, or did that no, kind of evolve uh, between the two of you? My wife, uh, we, we didn't meet in Saudi Arabia. She was in she was in Egypt. We actually met online, like we became oh. friends online. Oh, nice! And then we met when I went on vacation, and then we got engaged. And uh, I have actually applied to immigration before that. You know, I think I saw your profile on Tinder. <laughs> 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 Who's? 
who's dumb enough to, to, to impersonate you, me? You're not there as much anymore. I know that. So did you did you meet a, did you meet online through a, a matchmaker situation? Yeah, actually, it was it was an Arabic version of, okay. of really of Tinder. Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just yeah, joking. Yes. Yeah. No. yeah. And then you began to speak honestly yeah. to each other. Yeah. And and Which yeah, is... our minds were alike. And oh, wow. uh, so e- even when we we were both like religious, but we also we always had that mentality that I don't care what other people do. I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. So you and never you were engaged before you met? Yes, and I have applied for immigration to okay. Canada when I was single. So okay. when so when 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 we met, so I told her that I'm not uh, actually I think that may have helped because I don't think she would have agreed to living in Saudi Arabia for for a long time. So so she so saw you as the ticket to get out of here. Yeah, like, hey, hey. No, she actually liked it in Egypt. She didn't really want to leave Egypt. Oh, really? Say, yeah, she liked it there. She had a good career. She had good friends. And I, in Egypt, if you if you have a good uh, if you have a good job and you're you're getting paid uh, enough what, money and what, did, and what does she do if you don't mind me asking? Uh, she was she was a government employee. She oh, was, okay, okay. Yes, yeah, she was, yeah, she was in the Ministry of Urban Planning. Oh, and nice. She was part of the uh, urban planning team. She she she, she was she was speci- she specialized in in tourism. She's so smart. Uh, yeah, yeah, she, she is. is. She uh, totally she is. Totally smarter than me. So uh, <laughs> yeah, she she she. That's why she's in. not on the show, and he is right. <laughs> Yeah, so she knew that I'm not gonna stay there forever, and that was yeah, that was part of the deal. I'm not, I'm not gonna stay there forever. So but, did you plan to immigrate before you met? Yes, I wow. planned for immigration before we met. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I mean, I was with coming, your wife, did your wife go along with it? And you had she even, she went along with it. Physically been in the same yeah. room together yet? Uh, y- yes. Yeah, I told her I'm 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 filing for immigration to Canada, and she said, "Well, I, yeah. yeah, we can I can do that." Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's not bad. So, so when, did like a finally, when did you finally? When did you finally? end up in the same room to see who your spouse was going to be. We, no, we met, we met outside. So when I went on vacation and uh, we just met, we just went for a... Oh, okay. we, yeah, we went on a date, basically. What the hell is... Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Phone. Turn that... I turned it off, but this is vibrant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm really curious, because when you decided that you wanted to immigrate to a more liberal-leaning place... Mm-hmm. How did you decide on Canada? Cause, um, yes, that was I, my there's question. a lot of other countries, especially yes. like the states and no, um, the, the states. There's no, there is no regular way to apply for immigration on the, to the states. The, really, the, the states immigration is based on a lottery. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why that that's one of the things that Trump's wants to do. This is might be one of the very few things that I agree with Trump on. This lottery system is stupid. It really is. So uh, let's say you want to, let's say you want to immigrate yeah. to uh, your your Egyptian or whatever, and you want to immigrate to the states. You have to uh, up, you have to participate in the lottery, and then if you win, you all, all you're winning is you're winning a chance to apply. Oh, wow! <laughs> yes. Well, it's very different from the Powerball. Yes. <laughs> so if you win, then you can submit your immigration application. Yeah. For every other country in the world that has an immigration system, you just apply for immigration. Yeah, and it's like, okay, what benefit would you bring to our society? Yes, or you, first you have to find out if you qualify. Yeah. So for Canada or Australia or, or Europe, you have to check the qualification lists, and if you if you fulfill them, then you have you can apply. And the states know you have to win the lottery to apply. 
Wow. So convoluted. Yes, it is a stupid system. And and it, I agree with him 100% but on this. It, it has to change. In a way, it's it's almost it's almost brilliant in a way because it makes it it gives you the idea if you win the lottery, it gives you this idea that you've got this amazing opportunity that just happened to fall on your lap that you, you yes, might become but, a citizen of the US, right? Y- yes, but also it prevents many people who are who are qualified to immigrate and would like to immigrate from even applying. Yeah. Uh, so that's why the most common way for people to immigrate to states is that they just obtain a visit visa, they go there, and, and they, they stay just, there. Yeah, they stay and there. They stay they there, and yeah. they become illegals. They fly there, and they and just never go, never go back. The, the system, all, most of these people would have applied if the states had a normal immigration system like mm-hmm. Canada or anybody or that, any that, other wow. country. That's a, that's a huge point there. And I hope our American listeners are listening to this because that's a huge point. Because right now they, they have this huge fight in the states because of that, right? There's a, at least a third of the Americans right now, a quarter, a third, that are like Donald Trump supporters and they just say, oh, immigrants are anything but a problem. Yeah. Well, and illegal immigrants are a problem. But that's your system that's creating but I think because I, I think it's different in different countries to apply to, to the U.S. And, and I think they have... Co- I, Trump doesn't like the system. He'd like to make it worse. You know, his, yeah, he, he's not yeah. going to make it... Re- like, it, it, even if you get rid of the of that lottery system, Trump wants to make the qualifications right. bar so Being high yeah, he that he, go- he only wants e- either like nuclear, nuclear physicists right. or supermodels like his wife. Right, he wants the merit system where you already yes. speak English, like, and we don't have to pay. We don't have to pay your way through university. Yes, he, w- well, he wants the, the top tier. To, he wants yeah. top tier candidates, right. whether they have academic qualifications or just like personal qualifications, like they're super hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so th- he's not really want. He, he's not really after making it uh, a, a fair system for all. Uh, but getting rid of the lottery is 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 essential, and I I think you're right. They have different. This lottery is not doesn't have the same rules for all the countries. They have quotas, uh, like the middle, like Egypt would have quota how how many people would win. Mm-hmm. Uh, other countries would have different quotas, and I think they may have different system for other European countries. So how long did it take you to be accepted and apply to Canada? Between my first application till I received the visa, I think it was about two and a half years. That's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I think now it's much faster. They've changed the system so much since then. It's a totally different system now. Oh, I, yeah. Yes. What I wonder, though, is like two and a half years. I mean, I've, I've never had to do this, so forgive my ignorance, but, you know, two and a half years, your life can change drastically in two and a half years. Well, yeah, if you, if you change your mind, you don't have to go. No, no, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, for example, you, 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 you're an accountant. Yes. Right? You, you're an educated man, and you had a job there in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. But what if all of a sudden, you know, a year and a half through that... You got into an accident and you be, you became quadriplegic, or you you or you, you lost your job, or something. Like that. That's that's gonna affect your application hugely at that point. Well, not well. I don't think it would. Well, health status, yes, it would yeah. affect it because the uh, the health exam is one of the very last steps you take. Uh, but when you apply, the the qualifications you're required to have is the uh, level of education you've got. That's not gonna change if I, if you already have like a university degree, you already have that. Uh, if, for example, during the application you've uh, acquired a master's degree or a PhD, just then actually that's going to even improve your status. But if you, if your original status was enough, was already enough to apply, yeah. then you don't really have to tell them you've re- like you're already in. You, you've acquired the points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and uh, but if you lose your job, I don't think that's going to affect anything at all. Uh, when you apply, you already 
answer the question of uh, about how many years of professional ex- experience, work experience, do you have? Mm-hmm. So if you already have that, you already have it. Uh, yeah. So uh, except for yes, getting into an accident and being like yeah, paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how that would affect it. Mm-hmm. At, at the very end of the process, after they've accepted you, the last step, they tell you you have to go for a medical exam. And uh, you go have some tests. And then w- I, don't know what, I don't know what they do with that. Like, I don't know how... Uh, I don't know if they would reject somebody based on some pre-existing conditions. I, I'm not an immigration lawyer. Is I don't it, know that. Is this where you developed your fear of uh, rubber gloves? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I'm... I'm I'm really curious. There is no rectal examination. <laughs> so I think I think I think there are I think there are some restrictions in terms of of health, so that Canada doesn't have to pay for somebody that they already know has a is going to have a huge disability. bill. Yes, yeah. yes, I think so. That, that yeah. There must be some conditions that they won't accept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but I'm, I don't know what these are. So, so unless you get somebody like you're quadriplegic, but you're Stephen Hawking. Then, yeah, then, I then, guess that kind of overrides, I you guess, know, your, I guess, your, your but, medical condition. Yeah, and and I I know these rules have changed since then, so I don't know what these rules are mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. what they would accept, yeah. what not. So you were talking about how when you were living in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. there were the different communities were very segregated, um, but Canada were very much integrated. How have you found being an immigrant in the Canadian community? It it's a, it was a challenge at first. It's still. Actually, it still is. And it, of course, it's different from one person to another, so I can only talk about my personal experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on where you're originally from and how far or how different your original culture and language is from the Canadian one. Mm-hmm. So the closer, if you, for example, if you're, if you're immigrated from England, mm-hmm. it would be much easier for you to integrate here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same language, it's the same kind of thinking. So the, the, if you're coming from a very, very different society, you're gonna, it's going to take you a while to uh, make new friends, to kind of get used to the uh, like uh, office uh, work rules and uh, mm-hmm. uh, street uh, etiquette and stuff like that. It takes you a while, but what it what what really takes a l- longer time is to make to make these new to build all these new connections. And mm-hmm. you're yes. coming from you're coming from your homeland, and and you have all these connections that you've built since you were a child. Yeah, all these friendship, all these uh, all the relatives. Uh, and you it depends on wh- whether you have family here or not. If you have, fa- or if some people immigrate here and they already have family members, or they have other friends, that makes it really easier for them. They start to uh, introduce them to other people. They already have mm. they already have some personal relations that they can start from and build a base from there. But if uh, me and for me and my wife, it was very different. We came here and we knew absolutely nobody. I have an aunt in Montreal, but we were not going to live there. Yeah. No, yeah. And uh, so when we came here, I knew absolutely nobody. And and that was a challenge. Uh, you don't, and, and you realize that at this age, when you're in the 30s, it's not as easy anymore to start new connections from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. You can make, and and this is the thing, you can make you can make uh, uh, shallow friendships really easy here. Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the guy your mother warned you about, aren't I? Yes. <laughs> you're gonna end up with some kind of weird podcast one day, son, if you don't watch out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, that, so you, you, that, that's a difference because as an immigrant coming from the U.S. and my when my husband and I came, 
um, we had some family, and we have such similar cultures that it was very easy yes. to integrate. Yeah, because it's not that we, different. Yeah, we come from the same points of view in mm-hmm. terms of mm-hmm. you know who we are and the relationships. And that it, we it's have. not just that; it's it's the common, it's yeah. the very common things that people do. Uh, for example, many people would consider that uh, okay, so you're you're now a Canadian, then you have to do the things that Canadians do. You, you have say to sorry. be a hockey fan. Oh, you have to say sorry a lot. <laughs> I already had that. So, <laughs> so uh, for example, yeah, the, the hockey, for example, or or like you have to be into one of these sports. Well, I'm I'm not. Don't worry. So what does that a mean that I'm, I'm not Canadian enough? But then I found out. Well, actually, no, not all Canadians are yeah, are, are hockey fans. Not so hockey nope. fan. I'm not into hockey at all. No. Are you still gonna? I'm not into hockey gonna like either. Me? I'm gonna mute. You? I'm gonna mute <laughs> me neither. I'm yeah, your mic. Kevin, we're not into hockey either. You're gonna oh, have to I'm mute a lot of people. All here. your mics. I'm sorry. All of you guys are muted now. That's it. Well, that was a great show, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so now that that was that was the thing. Like I felt in the beginning, in the first few years, this is how I felt that um, what being Canadian is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I have to be involved in these things. I have to be. I have to go hiking. I have to go uh, canoeing or kayaking, or I have to go fishing, or I have to go camping. Yeah. And uh, I didn't. In, originally, I didn't like really any of these. Some of them I didn't even haven't tried before. Mm-hmm. And I felt that maybe okay, maybe that doesn't mean I'm never gonna be Canadian enough. I gotta ask. I'm question. not gonna be. Not gonna be as much uh, like as I'm not gonna belong. Yeah. I belong yeah. as a part you're, of the group. Is it like you weren't? You thought you would never see be seen as like a valid part of the community? Something like that. Or yeah. or when I get in, in in a group, or if I'm in a group of new friends, I I, I don't have anything to put in. Like you no, know, I, I haven't mm-hmm. shared that. I, I don't share any of these interests. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what, so, that's when you buy the first round of coffee. That's what that's how you get <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, right? that's what I found out. <laughs> Just, just some timmies. That's the first one to drink. Was like, I gotta ask you. I gotta ask you, as as a man who who came from a very different culture, obviously, what was the one Canadian thing you really had to struggle with? You know, so did it, you mentioned. Oh, I'll tell you. Or, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, the first time I went to public pool, and I went to the uh, to the change room, and all the men there are naked. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was shocked. It's the same with the females. It is. It's like and gosh. Then, so I went out, I and my wife was that. coming out. Mm-hmm. My wife was coming out of the women's change room, and we both said, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Don't feel too bad. We have the same reactions. Like, did I just see that? I didn't need to. Exactly. Exactly. So th- that that was the biggest shock I had here. Well, you, you know, I still, I can just make I it easy. Still, go into the still, go into the women's change room. <laughs> you'll have a shock I, I, but you'll no, like I it. will cause a shock <laughs> and then every, all the women are just and the likelihood is you won't remember and heading out like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I enjoy that I still have young children yes you go so to the family so we go to one. the family change room yes family change room is the best because you have happen. the separate change yes, room so I don't want my daughter to grow up <laughs> <laughs> you don't want your daughter to grow up what? no so I, so I can still use her to Get go into, into the, the family, family change, change okay, okay. room. <laughs> yeah. Once she's grown up, once she's 18, then I can't use her anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But it also depends who's in the change room, right? Because you always get into the change room, you get these very old guys that are very overweight. I, I don't and care. They're not ashamed. I don't care. I don't want to see. They're just, they're just flashing their junk in front of you. And, and the, yeah, and, and, no, I don't You never see told that. me that. All the times I've been naked in front of you. Oh, well, here you go. New thing. Here you go. <laughs> oh, Kevin. <laughs> When I, I think the one thing that that actually is an imp- the one useful thing about that about public like 
areas where people can just be naked. I just want to point out here to our American listeners, she said about, not a boot. Yeah, guys. Yeah. About. We don't, yeah. I, I've, never, say, I've never heard of Canadians say a boot. I don't know where that's coming yeah, from. Maybe okay. some other provinces? I, I think I it know. might be... Um, East. Eastern. Uh, especially when you think Newfoundland? about Newfoundlanders. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Definitely maybe. Newfoundland. Very Scottish influences. Maybe, maybe. I could totally see them saying Newfies a boot. Have a but what I was saying is spaces where people are just themselves, for someone who might have body image issues, just seeing people being okay with themselves... Mm-hmm. Even if they're not like the look, I, when beautiful. I when I go to the washroom, I just want to have a no, shower no, no, and, and that, get out of there. That is, that is totally valid and fair. I have that exact reaction yeah. as well. But I'm just like thinking of for some people, it might actually be a, an impactful experience in a positive way. But I, in general, I like I'd rather not stalls that I can yes. just change it. Like like in this high school locker room, they have separate stalls you can change in. Yes. Like they so, should have that, but yeah, I don't one does it change from like from stalls to no stalls. You don't need stalls anymore. You can now exactly. just look at each other's junk. It's like no, yeah. some people prefer to just get changed in private and not flaunt all their junk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So if we're I see we're all in agreement. So if if everybody here is in agreement that this is really uncomfortable, why is yeah. this a thing? Well, everybody except I just Kevin. don't go. I, <laughs> I, I shower don't, at home. I, I don't find that uncomfortable. Personally. You don't? Okay. No. Well, I, you're probably you're used to it. From, I I, from I can get through it. I haven't been there since I was like eighteen, maybe. So yeah, it's not super uncomfortable. I just like. Don't acknowledge well, I've, it. I've done it a few times already, like when I was, yeah. yeah so, but it's still, I, it, 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 I don't look. It's not like, I don't a, yay, look. let's go. Yeah, it's not like, <laughs> yeah, I've not, yeah, I'm never yeah. comfortable going in there. And then the second thing was the, um, you know, in most Eastern countries, when we go to the toilet, there is a water bidet. Oh yes. my gosh, I'm so jealous. Yes, the lack of a be. bidet. Oh, bidets be. are the literal and best And we're invention. one, like all of, yeah, all of the oh, Eastern bidets. country folks. We're wondering about Europe and We're North America. Stupid. What, we are why so is it taking you stupid. so long to realize that this is awesome? I don't not know. just awesome, it's a life necessity. Can I can I tell you what I think it it's might like, be? I think it might be a little bit of racism leaking through in how? our cultures. How? Because it's like, oh, that's that's like an Eastern thing. Like we're so much better here. I don't know it's what a hygiene thing. I know. Yes. And and I think everyone understands like that it's better. I don't I don't know why. Yeah, you, you like, should really catch up to that. It's like, so it should stupid. Be, should be in every like, like toilet example, seat. Yeah, you go to Japan, the toilet's like an art. Oh, no, in, a, in Japan, they've <laughs> taken it to the next level. Yeah, they're they're artificial intelligence. Now, yes, it's like an well, yes, electric. Really a strange feeling is when you, you grow up and you have no idea what a bidet is. You've heard about them, you may have seen one, and then you go to a hotel that has one <gasps> and you don't know how to use the damn thing. Oh. Yes. It's like, and wait it's a not, minute. It's not something you're going to call the operator and please show me how to use that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, you know what? I, you're either going to really come off as stupid, which you are, or you're going to try to figure it out. And even though you're in there by yourself, it's like, oh gosh, if I pull the wrong thing, am I going to have like a gusher so going dope. up to the ceiling? And now I'm not going to be able to turn it off. Yeah. I've got a bit of a saying when it comes to like when you're experiencing new things. It's like, how are you supposed to know how to do something if you've never done it before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I get through it. It's yeah, like it'd be kind of weird if they had instructions on how you. No, use no, I think that would be wonderful if you're if you're in a place that has a bidet. I think there ought to be you know discreet yeah. place. something on the wall. Something yes, something on the a wall. A little pamphlet. Just you know, sit on just sit on there and turn it on and enjoy <laughs> and enjoy the ride. 
I think it would be I think it would be the best thing to do. And then at least you've got something, you've got an experience, and now you can say, you know what, I've been missing something all my life. But there's no help to understand it. Yeah. Especially yeah. in like a hotel or something. People yeah. are not this is not a topic it's, of it's, general it, conversation. It's not expensive. There I've installed ones in every toilet in every house I've lived in. It, you just buy it for like twenty five, thirty dollars on Amazon. Yeah. It's, it's super easy to install. And that's it. You and, may and, have a whole new career if we can open people up to, to bidets. And ready for installation, I, yes. I, I, I am just shocked that bringing you here today, I did not expect we'd be talking about, about naked, toilet bidet. naked change room <laughs> and bidet. <laughs> I, I'm not, yeah, but Kevin, I'm not sure at, how I feel about Kevin, any of this. This is our, this, we've been doing this for how many years? Yeah, this, should be, this should have been on the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, let's get back on subject. So, uh, so now you 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 became a Canadian citizen, and well, fairly recently, you know, you did your whole pledge. Yeah, that was yeah that pledge that, to the queen yeah, and I, all I that stuff. A, I have something to say about that, like the oath of citizenship. Mm-hmm. When I first heard about it, so I, of course I went in and read it, and instantly I didn't really like it. Because the oath of citizenship is basically an oath of allegiance to the queen. To the queen. Yeah, something that and we, we as, as Canadians are born yes, here never actually had to exactly. do. Exactly. And I'm, to be honest, I'm not a big fan of royalty. No. Not just the not just the British royal family, but in royalty in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more of a Republican guy. Like, yeah. And, and so. I didn't. I I had to take it, and now I feel that because I I took that oath, now I cannot be. I cannot express my my opinions. Mm. I cannot engage in any uh, activism or political point of view that would be against yeah. royalty. And yeah. especially if and it's, if feel... it's ones that are like, oh, let's not have a monarchy anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so so in a. I don't know if that's going to be illegal if I do that, but I, because I took an oath and I respect, mm-hmm. I, I really yeah. feel that words are important. I, I believe that. It would be so semantics, I, but so it could I, be Even used. I personally, I, I, am, I am personally obligated to fulfill my oath. That's because when and you said I your feel, oath, you should have said, I pledge my allegiance to Dairy Queen. There, yeah. <laughs> so just say <laughs> queen, it, just Dairy Queen. I, I, it crossed my mind. I just <laughs> mumble. Let, let, I, I can just mumble. What was that Absolutely but nothing. then, but then I said no. That would be really dis- like I, I don't want to do that. So I, I did say it, and I I feel that now I am bound to it, and in a sense, I feel that this is one one point one in one one act one item that is uh, where I don't have full mm-hmm. freedom of expression. Yeah, mm-hmm. and anyone who was born in Canada, uh, like my daughter, she didn't have to take the oath That's because right. she was born here. Yeah, and and anyone of you can freely express that yeah. they don't like the royalty and they would like Canada to be out of it. Mm-hmm. But, ever since, but I, ever since I took that oath, I can't bash Dairy Queen. <laughs> which I would really like to because they have crappy ice cream. I mean, no, sorry, I can't say yeah. that. Well, I think, you know, when I took the oath, I really, because I'm I'm a dual citizen and I think you, you still have your Saudi yeah. yes, citizenship. Um, no, 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 Egyptian citizen. Uh, oh, yeah. you had to give up your Saudi citizenship? I was, never, yeah. I was never a Saudi citizen. Oh. I'm, I'm an Egyptian. Remember, oh, Egyptian. Remember you said they can't get I, Saudi unless... Yeah, Saudi. I was just I was just working there. Oh, but yeah. No, I'm okay, fully so Egyptian. you still have your Egyptian. Yes, I, okay. I do. So I still had my American citizenship, and I thought, oh, this is wonderful, you know, to be able to to go back and forth and have that loyalty and have both cultures. And I thought, 
it's not like I'm going to plan an insurrection against the the the, the, the mm. monarchy, but we have free speech, and I can be like every other Canadian and yeah, express but, my opinion. But, but that's what I so when but when you say that I I swear for like uh, to be faithful and have true allegiance mm-hmm. to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. So in my interpretation of what that means that I cannot even engage in a free speech debate about whether we should be a monarchy or not. Yeah, so but, I have because a question. I have, I have, I've, I've sworn that oath of true allegiance to her and only, her Yeah, but and she's, only got, she's only oh, got okay. 10 years to No, 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 not well, to her and to the family and <laughs> was, whoever comes after her. All the to, I was about to ask, so when she dies. Yes. <laughs> no, it, it's, I, I, I think I'm trying to remember what it says uh, he, word by word, but I think mm-hmm. it's, I swear, true, I swear to be faithful and have true allegiance uh, to her uh, to, to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth mm-hmm. II and her and the I think it mentions the royal family and her predecessors predecessors? sorry 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 successors mm-hmm. yes oh, here it is yeah I swear oh, that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II Queen of Canada her heirs and successors her hair her heirs well she has her a bad hair <laughs> <laughs> she has a bad hair day. You gotta be alone. It's no, yes, Your Majesty, your hair looks fine. Your hair looks <laughs> absolutely <heirs>. fine. <laughs> her heirs and successors, and that I will faithfully observe the laws of Canada. That's that's fine. That's what I was. Mm-hmm. That's what, what I expected to. Yeah, but to, to observe see. the laws of Canada just and means you have a look at them faithfully. <laughs> Observing, yeah, they, they look, they look, they look they, like they're lost. Yeah, I did. I've never swore to obey them. No, no, you just observe. You know, I'm observing them right now, and, and fulfill my duties as a Canadian citizen. So that that second part, I think that's that's, that, that's, that's where that's that, the part that's, where you have that's, to that's eat timbits. Yes, fulfill exactly. your Canadian citizens exactly, and play hockey once in a while. So, yeah. So, so what about that exactly? It makes you feel like you can't. He can't speak up against the monarchy. I, I feel like yeah, and I feel like it's creating two types of citizens. Citizens who can actively mm-hmm. yeah, seek, but seek change to the... Uh, I don't think it's... Technically, under the law, you're correct. But let's face it. Do you really think anybody would actually come to you and say, you've been here long enough? Well, I don't know. Actually, I, I, I'm not aware. Is it, I don't... Would it be illegal? Like, well, let's I say, let's say there is a group... Let, let's say that in, in a few years from now, there is now a big political movement or a political party that mm-hmm. emerges or, yeah, yeah. or an activism yeah. that they call, okay, let's, let's get the royal family out of here. And we should we should not be we should be not be a monarchy we should be a Republican yeah, or whatever I could, or a I federal. Could totally see that happening. If, so if I let's say if I officially engage in that, am I legally in break of my citizenship oath? Can can the can the government now come and say no 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 you can no. if you I, do that I, we're going to revoke your citizenship? Can yeah, this happen? You have to become one of the Swiss Guard for the. Queen. I honestly think <laughs> that they could if they were trying to. I think on the semantics part they could. Yeah, but it would have to be but extraordinary conditions. If, if you turned out to be Doctor Evil or something like that yeah. and went to court, then maybe they would pull some kind of yeah. card like that. But for the average Joe, eh. well, no, they won't care. But let's say that they, let's say the head of that group or let's say the head of that movement mm. was an was, was an immigrant. Are who, you who, trying to recruit well, I, people I, here? What are you doing here? Mm. <laughs> no, not <at> all. <laughs> wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. I, I think I, I, I don't know. I, I think that expressing your opinion in a country that's a democracy that has free speech at its core is one thing. But like the United States, if you incite um, uh, disruption or if you 
uh, plan an overthrow, actively mm -hmm. plan, and your behavior and your intent is to overthrow. At that point, I think they could probably take some action against you, just the way they could with someone who was born here. But just to express without taking action and to let people know well, this is my opinion, I think I think we're okay. I think you would have to use mm -hmm. the reverse psychology. I'm in the, he, he and I are in the same boat. In a way, I think you would have to use reverse psychology. You'd have to say, you know, I sure hope nobody overthrows the queen whose allegiance I support, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then, you know, you've done your duty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I really, I really, it may be interesting to find out what the league, you know, what our standing is in, in terms of that. Mm -hmm. Because you and I may end up in the same closet cowering, and, you know, not to be, not to be hauled and then, out. And then we'll have to know, join the secret resistance. <laughs> <laughs> the, the streets will run brown with maple syrup. <laughs> so, That's okay. We have a reserve for that. <laughs> so I guess we've been going on for a while on this. My God. So I guess let's, let's, let's put an end to this. Ahmed, you know, for, for, People you mean this that, isn't the all-day marathon? No, apparently not. For, for people that are out there that might be listening to the show by some miracle, uh, <laughs> if you were to give them a piece of advice about coming to Canada, becoming a citizen, yeah, yeah, do it or don't do it, what would you say to them? Of course do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and when you, and, and you're not saying that because I'm holding a gun to your head, right? Well, no, I didn't, I didn't We're say We're not that. in America. I, I'm, no, I'm actually watching this. What do you call this? An axe? What, what is that? This oh, thing here. His battle axe? Oh, the battle axe? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's yes. what I was keeping oh, an eye you. on. Yeah, well, no problem. Is this what you do with the, if, like, if a no, interview goes bad? That's to keep me and Nancy at home. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy's a dangerous one on the show. No, the, the, the thing I would like, like, if anybody's listening who's thinking of coming here, the, one of the most amazing things about uh, Canada, and, and I don't believe, many people think that each country or nation has a, um, has a specific, uh, uh, stereotype uh, characteristics mm -hmm. and that, that for example uh, Americans are like cowboys and Canadians are always nice and they always apologize hey and, but we are <laughs> and I'm joking I, my twin sister is that's a, a cunt that's a loadable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ well she is <laughs> so I, I don't believe that that nations are like that or like, that or like so I don't believe in that uh, in that point of view and I think the most amazing thing about Canada is that it truly is not that. It's not homogeneous. It is a melting pot of everybody. You just call us homos? What? Uh, <laughs> it's we not, don't take offense to that. I said it's not homogeneous. <laughs> Way to be homophobic, it's, it's man. Not, it's not like just one... Yeah, it's not just one big group of people who all share yeah. uh, similar characteristics. Mm. It's very, it, it's, it, it's, diverse. Full, it's very diverse. And I think that's what truly, mm. truly, yeah. like, and makes we don't it stand expect, out. We don't expect people to, to not to, keep to just their, normalize and, and, yeah, and, and we yeah. love when people come from different cultures and, yeah. and show mm. the great things about those cultures. Mm. And like, yep. we love like their their like holidays and their cuisine and yep. but like not making it Canadian like keeping it authentic yeah, to their a, cultures is there such a thing as Canadian cuisine to be uh, poutine <laughs> well yeah besides that <laughs> Tim Hortons Hawaiian pizza I think the biggest example I have of that, of that is how you see especially in the uh, Sikh Indo-Canadian population how they love hockey 
Yeah, yeah you well, did, did, most of them, yeah. Yeah, there's entire radio of stations of, you know, yes. I can't understand a word they're saying, obviously, because they're speaking, you know, uh, Punjab or something like that. And, and you know, they're, they're, you can hear the excitement when they're watching the hockey game. It's like, wow, I haven't seen this, excited, this kind of excitement since when I was a kid for hockey. And I think that speaks volume about what kind of country we've become. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Ahmed, for Thank this. You. I really appreciate that. Right. And we're going to finish the show with one last thing because I'm no, uh, it's been a while since we've done this, but uh, where is it? Oh, jeez. You're going to play old Canada? No. Oh. <laughs> Where's my... Uh... I have to edit this. Okay. Future Kevin. Future Kevin, edit this. <laughs> Let's do one more thing because we love to... Things that make you go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. If there's something typically Canadian, is we like to poke gentle fun of our American friends. Let's face it, right? You yep. love to do that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Have you guys ever heard of Fort Blunder? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is, um... Okay. This is a fort that actually was built... This is the okay. Let me. I'll read the entire article here. Um, the War of 1812 ended in a draw between the United States and Britain, because at the time Canada was not officially a country, so it was the British soldiers that went all the way to Washington and burned down the White House. We that's why it's the White House. They had to actually paint it white because at the time it was kind of like just a stone color. Huh? Yeah, didn't know that, right? Um, particularly, uh, so it could have ended badly for the United States, particularly in the second half of 1814. So after the war, President Madison vowed to strengthen the country's military capacities, capabilities, sorry. And of course, you know, and Americans are proud of their engineering skills, with rightfully so, right? So in both the Americans' Revolutionary War of 1812 and the British launched invasions down to Lake Champlain in the hopes of cutting America in two if you know your geography a bit. To ensure this could never happen again, the Madison administration ordered the construction of a modern heavy fort on the New York shores of Lake Champlain. It named the place Fort Montgomery in honor of General Richard Montgomery, a hero of the American Revolutionary War. Now, engineers began construction of the fort of 18, in 1816. They placed Fort Montgomery on Island Point, a small promontory uh, jutting out into the northernmost end of Lake Champlain. The fort, when finished, should be shaped, would be shaped like an octagon and have 30-foot walls made of stone, deploying 125 cannons. No British warship could sail past it without coming under heavy fire. It strategically absolutely worked. There was just one little problem. Due to a surveying error, it was accidentally built half a mile north of the Canadian border. <laughs> Thanks for the fort, guys. Oops. <laughs> Big oops. So, under the 1783 Treaty of Paris, the border between New York and Quebec was the 45th parallel. But the previous understanding of the location of that line of latitude was wrong. So the surveyors discovered the fact in 1818. By this point, the U.S. have already spent $275,000 in 1818, which is a lot of money. A lot of money back then. On the construction, which was quite a lot of money. The U.S. government immediately ordered a halt to construction and abandoned the site. (laughs) Fort Montgomery became known as Fort Blunder. That's a great story. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. So slow clap, guys. <laughs> slow clap. <laughs> so, thank you so much to our American friends for this little gift. I guess. <laughs> thank you, 
thanks for hanging in there on our marathon show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but it is Canada Day. We're entitled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so exactly. So thank you so much for all this, guys. That was a great little show. And uh, really appreciate you guys uh, celebrating Canada Day with us. And uh, hopefully you go out there and have some fun. So thank you so much. Thanks, Ahmed, for being with us. Thank, thank you, you for, guys, for being with us. Uh, thank you for listening. You can find us at leftatvalley.com. You can find us on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, at LETV Podcast. You can send us an email at leftatvalley at outlook.com. Say you can listen Nancy on the third floor. Beware of the incoming knife. If you'd like to be one of like, our friend Freethinker215, you can support us on uh, Patreon slash LETV. Give us a five-star review wherever you find us. It helps us and helps others find the show. All right, coming up. Next week, we'll have uh, the uh, Amy Cool from the Ginger Snaps. Where is my schedule, I believe? Let me pull that up here. Uh, that's right, the Ginger Snap with Amy Cool. We'll be talking to her about this. Uh, next week after that, we'll have uh, lawyer Andrew Torres. We'll be talking about the whole abortion thing that's been going on in the States. That'll be interesting. And of course, after that, uh, later in July, we'll have the voice of legendary Seth Andrews. We'll be talking about free speech. <laughs> and at the end of the month, our friend Robert Stanley comes back. Yay! And he's going to give us a course on Philosophy 101. Oh. Yes, and uh, we also spoke to Brent and Nikki, and we'll have uh, him come uh, August. Oh, August third. He said August fourth. August third. There goes the summer. There goes the summer. <laughs> and of course, at the uh, on the tenth of August, we'll have Michael Sparks versus Jerry Montanez talk about Bernie Sanders versus the other candidates. Who should they vote for? Who do they want to see? Oh, there'll be it'll enough be in the campaign where that'll be a really good exactly. Discussion. That'll be yeah. an interesting uh, yeah. talk between those two. Perfect. Excellent. Anything else we need to add? No. Happy Canada Day. Happy, Happy Canada Day. 4th of July. Happy 4th of July to our American friends. Go watch Good Omens on Amazon Prime. <laughs> it's actually really good. How much Not money, on Netflix. How much money did Netflix pay you and Harry Potter pay you to... Oh, uh, well, Netflix specifically for that one? Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, because Netflix actually doesn't do Good Omens. Nope. Yeah. Amazon. <laughs> you heard that story? Yeah, I heard a story. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's actually a really good show. I heard. Yeah, I heard. I'm All excited right. to watch I'm it. I'm still, I'm still watching Chernobyl. I haven't, I haven't seen that one. Oh god, you guys all uh, over the place. It's, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll close the show. Thank you okay. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good time. <laughs> Until next time. And then we'll, okay. we'll, we're just going to grab you guys for like, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever you want to you want to give us. Oh, by the way, you've got the crew, of course, Nancy, Christina, Kirsten, and we also have Ahmed with us. So guys, say hello, hello to Brent and Nikki. Hello. hello. Hey, guys. Hey. Good to have you with us again. Yeah. Nancy, great to be here. And we also have a Mormon mystery. So we have Tammy here. She's just being silent. <laughs> Come on, Tammy. You can say hello. No, it's fine. No, she's too shy. She's waving. Okay. They can't see you. It's radio. <laughs> she just imagine she's it. Just, waving, just imagine it. Uh, this is what I have to deal with. <laughs> that you love us, Kevin. Yes, I do. I love you all. The holy man of God, they get away scot-free. And the Pope does his very best to keep it on the hush. Don't want to affect business. He loves money too much. We know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them while they planning to molest them? We teaching them to respect them. Respect them. Fuck that. The system is broke down, working backwards in the only action of tactic. I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained. Millions of murders by Take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, unintended I find it disgraceful That many atheists are told to be quiet
Optic and non-believer 